Steel Toes and Scoreboards Podcast. Word association, Dirty Curdy, first thing that comes to mind. He changed the league, am I wrong? God, I hate Tom Brady. He's talented, but yeah. You just won't call him the goat, will you? We should have called ourselves the Hashtag Tits Podcast. A thousand downloads a day, guaranteed. Dude, it is talking sports. I love it, bro. <laughs> <laughs> is he the best running back you've ever seen? If he's not, then who is? Who do you put at number one, bro? There will be a Detroit Pistons Bad Boys episode one day. And you love that two-year run, don't you? No, I do. You can get a hot bat anywhere. You build around your pitching, or at least I do if I'm in charge. Pitching and defense wins your World Series, hands down. I came out of the closet <laughs> as a Lakers fan. Whoa, bro, scared me there for a second. Ah, uh, sure bet, sure bet. <laughs> there will be an increase of boxing talk on this show. I love boxing. I'm down for that anytime. Our few non-sports episodes have been pretty well received. We do good things by running a two-fold podcast. Please put Pete Rose in the damn Hall of Fame. Charlie Hustle, the all-time hits leader. It's political bullshit. And if he ever sees the Hall of Fame, he'll be after he's no longer with us. I miss the NBA I grew up on in the 90s and the early 2000s. The game isn't the same, but these kids can play. We're starting to talk more hockey, and that's, you know, that's that's never a bad thing. Puck the world, puck it all. Puck the world, Kurt (laughs) says. I promise you, I can work a pro wrestling reference into every episode. Want to see me do it? Weird flex, but okay. I can't believe, uh, seriously, in all seriousness, I can't believe we've been doing this show a year now. I can't believe people still listen after a year, you know. You have the perfect face for radio. Oh, cut me deep, son. Cut me deep. He exploded a bird with a fastball. I seen it happen. Randy Johnson, the big unit. The the big unit. So, uh, you know, I I got a little soccer news for you. Now, let me stop you right there. That's a no for me. We don't talk soccer on this show. (laughs) All right. Fair enough. Let me ask you, though. Does Kobe win three in a row without Shaq on the Lakers? What do you think? Boy, that's that's, uh, pretty tough. All right. Well, look at it this way. He's a future Hall of Fame quarterback. Without question. And he's still so young. Lots of knowledge left in that kid. All right, guys. Enjoy the next episode of Steel Toes and Scoreboards coming to you now. Alright guys, welcome to another episode of uh, Steel Toes and Scoreboards. Jared Atkins alongside the homie, Kurt Kelly. <laughs> I hope so, man. It's uh, fucking hot. It's dude. hot. It is It is hot. Southwestern Indiana, you gotta love it. Yeah, we mm-hmm. are uh, coming to you live on a Sunday evening, which we don't do Sundays very often. Uh, Kurt has to work in the morning, but he's a night owl like me. Oh yeah. Uh, I have a good job now, so yeah, I yeah. kind of flexible with my schedule. Uh, this is a kid weekend. I just took the kids back, but there's been so much newsworthy stuff going oh, yeah. on the last couple of weeks that uh, we couldn't pass up an opportunity right. to do a full-length current events episode, which uh, 
it's kind of what our weeknight chronicles are anyways but this is just a more expanded look and there is a lot of shit in these notes so, a lot of news a lot of news um well, where do you yeah. want to start where are we going where, to... well first of all i want to start by saying um which i don't know if i i haven't I haven't told you this uh i did an episode by myself last week monday talking about this we uh we crushed our downloads so we want to thank everybody out yeah. there now we we uh we started the podcast in may of last year in june of last year uh we set our record at 107 downloads for the month of june we flirted with like 70 something downloads at the highest and like 34 at the lowest uh but then uh we never saw them numbers again and for the month of july we had 207 downloads Mm -hmm. now so seven days into this month so far we're only setting at about 10 but we haven't put in much we haven't put in much content so we'll see what happens but uh we have officially crossed a thousand all-time downloads so to those people out there thank you thank you yes and uh, we'll have more coming at the end of this episode about uh, what's coming up in the future, especially with After Two Beers, because the, the secret's out now. It, it is going down. It is going down next month. Uh, but before that, let's get into... All, and, and we're going to jump all over the place tonight. Well, that's all right. Uh, let's talk about Bobby Bonilla. Bobby Bonilla. Bobby Bonilla Day. All right. So, July 1st every year, and... and since 2000, I don't know, three, 2004, whatever, uh, every day from July 1st is known as Bobby Bonilla Day. Bobby Bonilla has signed the infamous contract with the New York Mets and uh, it's still being paid out to this day. What? It's still being paid out to this day. Holy shit. He's not even playing. So, so this guy... Bobby Benia's lawyer, uh, his agent and his attorneys, smoothest fucking guys in the history of the business. Okay. <laughs> smoothest guys. Um, overrated, by the way. But Bobby Benia was overrated. I was never a Bobby Benia guy. Me as a neither. Kid. Me neither. Yeah, let's. Uh, like oh, damn you. it. It's been a minute. I don't remember what my. Ah! Nope, this one. Wow, it was loud. Bobby Benia was. Yeah, overrated. Overrated. So, uh,. Bobby Bonilla last played in God, I want to somewhere in two thousand, yeah, early two thousands, two thousand five. Anyways, uh, the Mets had buyer's remorse after a while. They wanted out of this fucking contract. The difference is between the big four, baseball's contracts are the only one that are completely guaranteed contracts. So their agents got a deferral. So until two thousand and thirty five. 2035. So there's still 13 more years of this. Something like that. Man, they got screwed. <laughs> On July 1st every year, Bobby Bonilla is paid $1,193,248.20. I bet it's spent already. Uh, so uh, it, it's the most, def- probably the most famous deferred payment contract in American but sports. They, they got screwed. Rude. Uh, he'll be 72 when the payments are complete. Holy now, shit. Now, why this is in the news is because, you know, I just love it. Like, it, it is, it is, and trust me, it's a, it's a real thing. Like, 
If you're a true sports fan, you listen to Sports Talk Radio every July 1st. Somebody brings it up, Bobby right, Bonilla right, Day. Right. The reason we're talking about this today is somebody has got a hold of the contract. Uh-oh. The legitimate contract that was signed, and it's going to auction. Uh-oh. And uh, Golden, and that's G-O-L-D-I-N, Golden, who is pro- one of the most premier uh, sports memorabilia uh, auctioneers in the business, uh, it sold uh, for like $180,000. Somebody's got a copy of the contract. Oh, my God. Uh, now, whoever wins this auction, they receive not only the copy of the infamous Bobby Benia contract, they get a 30-minute Zoom call with Benia, and Dennis <laughs> Gilbert was the agent who brokered the deferment. Again, the smoothest fucking guy in the history yeah. of the business. Sorry, uh... What's what's uh, LeBron's agent's name? Rich uh, Paul, yeah, Clutch, yeah, Clutch. Yeah. yeah, sorry, Rich, move over. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, and <laughs> he will get uh, to spend a day with Benia in New York, which includes breakfast, be uh, a trip to City Field for batting practice. He'll be ripping a new asshole. Yeah. How bad he sucks. Yeah. So. <laughs> but Bobby Benia Day. Bobby Benia Day. So Bobby Benia Day. It's always it's always a good thing in sports, and. Uh, yeah, the Mets got screwed there, dude. The buyers are more. Holy. <laughs> God, I, I remember this. I was middle school, junior high, something like I just remember his agent, they, they deferred the count. They wanted out of the fucking deal. Sending packing. Well, it's like, you're going to pay this dude for like 25, 30 years. They so until 2035. I mean, what was he batting? Like 205? Oh, man. He was batting under 300. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Under 250. He's probably right at the 250 mark, maybe. Overrated. Vastly yeah. overrated. Yes. Not underrated. Overrated. I, I never really got the whole deal of him switch hit because he's terrible. In, at an alternate stance. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, yesterday, August 6th, the day after my birthday. Jake Paul was supposed to have a fight with Asim Rahman Jr. Okay? You know how I feel about the Paul boys. Yeah. One's in the WWE now. The other's clapping in the boxing world. Got a little clout. So they, they've had this big fight planned for months. They're going to fight at Madison Square Garden. Uh, Rahman used to be one of Paul's sparring partners. Uh, so they, they were, they're going to have... The fight's been... Scheduled to take place at the Garden for months. You know, Jake Paul owns MVP, Most Valuable Promotions, da-da-da, right, his little right. song and dance, fucking douchebag. <laughs> uh, but anyways, they, they they were scheduled to have the fight at, uh, I think, 200 pounds was 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 what the agreement was. Uh, Raman planned to weigh in at 215 a week before the fight. This is going back last week. Okay. They signed the contract for about a 205. Jake Paul was said he would come up to fight at 205. Uh, but I guess they've, they've had months to prepare for this, and Rama couldn't make weight. Wait. He tried. His body... Uh, if you've ever seen uh, Haseem Mah- uh, Rahman, he's a bigger guy. He's a naturally a heavyweight fighter. Right. Okay. Um, he tried cutting weight. His body would not get down well, there. So it'd be easier to add than it would be yeah, cut, so, right? Yeah, so... Jake would come up. Jake agreed to come up like five pounds. You know, they're like, let's meet at two fifteen, and uh, 
Jake Paul said, no, I will not fight at 215. So they put out a statement saying that MVP and Jake Paul would not reward someone who has conducted themselves in such a deceiving and unprofessional manner. Basically, you know, you agreed to fight it this weight. You're not making this weight. That's unprofessional. You want us to come up in the agreement. Yada, 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 a whole bunch of shit. And then it, you know, they, they cancel the card and that fucks everybody that was scheduled to fight at the event, which includes my girl, Amanda Soriano, who was involved in the fight of the year, the second biggest fight of the year back in April with Katie Taylor. You know, the women going right, at it, right. selling out the garden. Right. Uh, so this whole card was, was thrown in jeopardy. Fuck. So here's the deal. Uh, Jake's a douchebag. <laughs> I've, I've established this. Jake Paul, you'll never you'll never find me. You'll never hear me. I'll just be a pimple on your ass like, you know, whatever. Yeah, you suck. But, uh, I mean, you're a content creator. You've made millions. You come from nothing. And look at you go now. But you're still a douchebag. Yeah, you suck. Uh, yeah. Okay. Anyways, uh, you're a rich douchebag though. Congratulations for that. Um, you still suck. But you kind of got to I kind of got to side with Jake here because yeah, because I both agree. Roman and like I said, Roman and Jake used to be kind of boys. They were sparring partners. Uh, Jake said it's unprofessional. If you sign a fucking contract that you're gonna fight it this way, uh, you fight you it this it. way. There's millions of people. Pay per views already sold. Tickets sold. You meet it this way. Raman, on the other hand, says if you were talking all this shit saying you could knock me out and you were whipping my ass in practice when I was a bigger guy, then why wouldn't you step up to fight? So Raman's clapping back at him. Well. Uh, so, <laughs> and, and this is where it got good. Uh, Raman had put out an Instagram video last Sunday. I seen it. Whatever Sunday was, the first or second, right, whatever, 30th. Right. 31st. It was Sunday the 31st. It was Ric Flair Day. We'll get to Rick that in a minute. Flair. We'll okay. get to that in a minute. It was Ric Flair Day. Uh, I've watched it live. Uh, Roman put out a video saying, again, like I said, his body said, I will. my body wouldn't do it. He said uh, he don't understand why Jake Paul and MVP promotions are, are shutting this down now. Uh, give him extra time to make his way or come up. He said he would fight Paul let him have all of the purse except for the $5,000 minimum that they get because I'm he was that confident that he could quote knock Jake Paul the fuck out uh. so and Raman was backing it same when they were sparring throughout the last few years according to Jake Paul he was whipping Raman's ass you know when he was bigger so why not do it right uh, uh. So, so anyways the, the fight was shut down uh not gonna happen. Uh, they did. MVP did had sent had sent over a new contract. What did you do with all the tick about the tickets? I fucking don't know. They're gonna ticket refund or they'll honor them if another fight gets set up down the road. But uh, Jake Paul, you're a douchebag. But I kind of got to take your side on this. Yeah. I yeah. mean, Roman I, said he'd still fight. He'd give up all the salary. Right, well that's except for five thousand dollars, and we're talking a few million dollars in the purse. He really wants to fight him. Yeah, he wants to fight him. Uh, I say Jake Paul needs to fight him. That's, yeah, kind of. Ask our boss. Well, I mean, he ain't my boss anymore, unfortunately. I miss you, dog. Uh, ask our boss about Jake Paul. About the Paul brothers. He's not a Paul's guy. Is he not a Paul's guy? No, no. <laughs> uh, oh, callbacks. You like callbacks on this show? The previous things we've talked about? Yeah. That's ESPN. That's ESPN going ape shit over there. It is. Maybe you ought to check it. Maybe we have some breaking news, huh? Yeah, absolutely. 
safety kicks 65-yard field goal in the preseason. What? Chiefs' Justin Reed shows off his powerful leg with a 65-yard kick. He's a, he's a safety. A what now? A safety. A safety kicker. He's, he's a safety, but he kicked a 65-yard field goal. That's a... This is preseason football, though. That's pretty impressive. That's 65 fucking that's yards. That's 65 fucking yards. And that wasn't, he, that a, wasn't even in the notes. That's, he, just, that's just happened now in and, real time. And he's a safety. Yeah. Damn. I can't even kick the ball six yards. Me neither. 65? And he don't even kick all the time. He's a safety. He's a yeah, defensive what back. what the hell? Sounds like Andy Reid. Some Andy Reid's doing. You know I missed you. Fist bump. <laughs> I don't. Okay. So, but you like callbacks to things we've talked yeah, yeah, about yeah, in, yeah, in yeah. further episodes, <clears throat> right? Right. Or previous episodes. Uh, I got, there's a couple callbacks in tonight's episode. Oh, yeah? The first one is about uh, Demarius Thomas. Who passed away in right. his home in Georgia right. on December 9th, aged at uh, 33 years old. The uh, he apparently uh, the reports have come out now. The autopsy report he died from complications due to a seizure disorder. The cause and manner of death are pending the completion of laboratory studies and tissue samples, is what the medical examiner's office had said back in December. In the final report, the medical examiner said the manner of Thomas's death remains undetermined, and it was unknown if the seizure disorder was the resort of natural causes or due to the impacts to his head during his NFL career. Uh, so, okay, uh-huh. I take that back. So, uh, Boston University told ABC News that Thomas had suffered from traumatic, chronic traumatic encephalopathy, as we know as the bad word, CTE, yeah. which, again is the degenerative brain disease suffered uh, mostly right. by football players right. or professional wrestlers. <clears throat> Shout out, uh, unfortunately, Crispin Maw. Right. Uh, the autopsy report said the same researcher said they did not believe Thomas's CTE caused the seizure disorder, however. Uh, he had traces of nicotine and marijuana in his system, but he uh. was found dead in the shower. Uh, neither was listed as a contributing factor in his death. And at the time of his death, some said Tom, Thomas's family members had said that he uh, had suffered seizures for about a year before he died. It's funny because the guy never had any of those before. Right. I'm thinking it's something a little deeper than that, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> I mean. Now, he, reti- he renounced his retirement from the mm-hmm. NFL in uh, June of last year. Uh, he was the first of two first-round draft picks in 2010. Broncos took two players in the first round in 2010. Demarius Thomas was one, and he should have went, uh, I don't remember where he went. But on the back half of the 2010 draft, they come up and took a quarterback, a young gunslinger out of the University of Florida, Gator. Tebow. Tebow, baby. Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow. Yep. Uh, Demarius Thomas finished his career as the Broncos' second-leading scorer behind Rod Smith. He is third in franchise history in catches behind Rod Smith and Shannon Shannon Sharp. Sharp. There you go. I love Shannon Sharp. He was damn good. You talk about a guy that would talk shit all week long. Talk shit to Can you imagine if they had social media back in those days? Shannon Sharp would kill these guys. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> he put up numbers every weekend. Every weekend. Yeah. 
Of course, uh, he had he had somebody was pretty good throwing to him. Also, I mean, John Elway. Yeah, yeah. You know a Denver Broncos guy that I like the quarterback that uh, was solid but didn't get a lot of praise. Jake the Snake Plumber. Jake the Snake Plumber. How did I know he's going there? I, Jake, did <laughs> I love all these wrong. Jake did not get a fair shake. No. Jake did not get a fair no, shake. He did not. Jake Plummer was. Uh, He's a gutsy guy. You you know what? You you've got your your surefied winners and and your perennial all pros and this guy. But I'm still one of the guys. Just give me a solid starting guy that's gonna. That's manage gonna get in there, manage a game, but he's gonna he ain't gonna be afraid to sling uh-huh. one and he's gonna right. he's gonna stand in the pocket, he's gonna take right. he's stick and his that was nose Jake in there Plummer. third and one, he'll stick his nose in there and get a first down. That was Jake Plummer. Yeah, I I liked Jake Plummer, yeah. I had no problem. And I'm trying to think uh-huh. was Plummer the one that got booted out for Tebow or when was Plummer's yeah. run up? Yeah, I think No, it, no, 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 no. Jake Cutler Jake booted Cutler. Jake yeah. Plummer out. Yep. And yeah. that was at the time when uh, John Elway and a couple other guys said that Jay Cutler had one of the best arms. They said, yeah. and Cutler did have an arm. Yes, Cutler's problem was that maybe maybe it was a little bit of IQ level, but you know Cutler didn't get a fair shake either. No, he didn't. Now I don't you, think it was an IQ thing, though. I take no. it back. Um, there was protection issues with the line, yeah, he never, and his receivers uh, were never. He never had an offensive line, no. He put together, there was one really good year, like the uh, 2010, 2011, 2012, somewhere in their era in Chicago when uh, Chicago and Green Bay were like neck right, and neck right. for the division and then postseason contention. Uh, and Heritage Hills? Heritage Hills. Yeah. I worked with uh, his one of his offensive linemen and uh, linebacker down oh, right. for years. A lot of good talents come out of that school, hadn't they? Hadn't there been a tight end? Ken Dilger. Yeah. Indianapolis yeah. Colts. Yeah. Kenny Dilger. We put a pole barn up for his grandparents. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it was pretty cool. Man, we need to get Kenny Dilger on this show. You talk about giving us instant credibility. Uh, Kenny Dilger, I'm going to hunt you out on social media. You're coming along for the ride. Yeah, Indiana boys here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, we're not known for football. No. The state, but... Uh, it's a basketball state. Yeah. Moving on. Moving on. We ever talk swimming? I, I don't think we've talked we talk any, swimming. I don't think we talked any swimming. Can, can we talk some swimming? Well, if we have to, I guess. I, right? well, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, well, okay. I just want to talk it because I love the guy's name. It, it is an Olympic sport. So. It is an Olympic sport. Yeah, that's yeah. why. That's hey, we'll file it under the Olympics Olympics, section. There you go. Like right we on. did with the uh, the the uh, week nine episode I did a couple weeks ago without the you about fifty uh, meter butterfly. Well. We're, we're going to do this Olympic swimming episode just because this guy's name is too legendary not to put it in the episode. I have a dog paddle. A dog paddle? Yeah. Swim event. What's a funny name but serious you think we could put in this guy's name? This is Australia. All too. right. Oh, All right. Oh, what was that? All right, mate. mate. Damn it. I got the button. <laughs> <laughs> you want to do it? Throw another <laughs> shrimp on the barbie. Mighty. 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 Okay, what's a funny, random, weird Australian name? Think of anything? I bet you uh, won't get it. I bet you won't get it. Merrimack. Dick Kane. Dick Kane. Dick Kane. Richard Kane. Dick Kane. <laughs> Richard Kane. Damn it! How do you get? How do you get? I don't know why that's funny to me. How do you get Dick out of Richard anyway? Rick. 
I worked with a guy. At, I mean, really. I, mean, I worked with a guy. His name was Dick. So when he pissed me off, like, all right, Richard Head, that's enough out of you, <laughs> Richard Head. <laughs> I look at him one day and I go, "You're a dickhead." And I took my hands. Shout out to my best friends. I stole this from them. I looked at the guy one of my. All right, Richard, you're being a dickhead. And I went like this, and and it. Because I got the bald head, yeah, right, you know? Right. So I start moving my hands on each side of my ears. It looks like I'm literally jerking my head. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I shouldn't be laughing at this because it's involving uh, sexual assault, but I just want to say Uh-oh. the name was too legendary. Not putting So Dick Kane. Dick Kane. 76 years old. Oh. He's a high-level Australian swim coach. He's facing 20 different charges relating to uh, sexual assault of young swimmers in the 70s. Ooh. He was charged by New South Wales State Police on June 22nd after being arrested at his home in Sydney. 11 more charges were added this past week in a Sutherland local court. The charges relate to five girls Kane was coaching in the 70s and the sexual assault of a woman back in the year 1992. Uh, Kane was granted bail because he has terminal cancer and his case has been adjourned into uh, the end of August. Promotional material for his swimming school before he retired in 2020, Kane said that he had worked with 11 World Olympic champions and been a coach for more than 40 years, which says to me, uh, they let this guy go because he might die of cancer and he molested like a bunch of women over 40 years. But that apparently uh, in Australia, that's okay because they just well. they said, well, you can just go home. <laughs> that's wow. literally what this <clears throat> shit was. Wow. Dick Kane. Dick Kane. Dick Kane. Well, yeah, it's kind of weird how they would let it go all this time, and now all of a sudden... What the fuck? They just let him go. The, the world's gone stupid. They just let him go. Well, I bet you he can't do anything about it anymore anyway, so... I mean, I don't think you're... If your dick's still working... Fuck it, sorry. If your dick's still working at 76, I mean... You know, hopefully, uh, though, I, I hope somehow I'll get in there and just snatch that... Snatch that little fella off and feed it to a crocodile, my matey. <laughs> yes. Crikey's. 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 This is the world's most venomous snake. Um, we're setting awful close together tonight. I know. Because we haven't moved everything around the table. Well, look. I'm, I'm sitting here with Kirk Kelly, and we are bumping knees under the table <laughs> in a very <laughs> evocative and erotic <laughs> manner. <laughs> Stay Time tuned out. for Fifty Shades of Fat and Fat. <laughs> Time out, bro. You ever seen two fat men rub bellies together? It's like two D7 dozers <laughs> ramming each other. <laughs> wow, this got way off. We uh, went swimmer. We went swimmer. Swirl! Swimming, swimming, swimming. Swimming. Okay, we're done with swimming. Fuck well, thank goodness. Let's it let us way off. <laughs> Holy crap. We hey. never record on Sundays. Well, you know, I, hey. It's quarter till no eight at night. No more swimming talk ever. No more swimming. <laughs> it no. better be Technically, this is filed under our Olympic, and we have we don't do much Olympic stuff. Right, so. right, okay. Uh, NASCAR. Two NASCAR pieces. Yep. We got. Okay, first one. Kyle Busch. Uh, ex- Kyle Busch. Escaped possible death over the weekend. Huh. Or actually, during the week, Thursday. How's that? You didn't hear about this? Uh-uh. You're on your phone all the fucking time. I know. Google searching. You didn't see nothing pop on Google or anywhere? Oh, my God. I don't look so, at much NASCAR stuff anymore. Uh, mall of, Malls of America. Biggest mall in the world. Yeah. 
Minneapolis. Uh, two-time Cup Series champion Kyle Busch, who's an asshole. Everybody hates uh, him. Everybody, yeah. everybody wants him to die. Completely un- unrelated, by the way. Nobody tried to kill Kyle right, Busch. Right, okay. I'm just saying that for headlines. Kyle escaped death. There's a lot of bad vibes going his way, though. Uh, Bloomington, Minnesota Police. Uh, you know, it's Mall of America biggest. Uh, apparently, Kyle was in there Thursday with his family. Uh... When gunfire broke out at the Mall of America, uh, according to police, uh, two groups had got into an altercation inside of a Nike store in the mall. One group left, but two individuals in the opposing group, uh, I guess, hawked off a couple rounds. Then rounds were exchanged. They came back in. Uh customers were scurrying in all directions. Nobody knows what the fuck's going on. And uh, Kyle took to Twitter, uh, or a video was posted on Twitter showing Kyle Busch walking away. That was eBay. Uh, Kyle Busch walking away with his wife and children. They then posted videos on Instagram showing that everything that they was okay. They got out of the shooting. Uh, They said, if you're seeing the news about the shooting, we got out. We are okay. And then uh, he went out to race today. I don't know how he did. I don't know what happened in Michigan. But, so uh, it wasn't at just no, no. random. It was uh, two gangs or something. Two or something. <laughs> it was a squabble. Uh-uh, and like right. most young kids in America, right. and I don't give a fuck if you're white, black, purple, right. Right. Uh, got two wieners or uh, or uh, 12 eyeballs. I mean, right. we got all, got to be all gangsters and yeah, throw a couple thug, of firearms, yeah. thugging, thugging and bugging. Uh, I also got some more NASCAR news that all involves right. uh, King James. Oh, what does that look for? King James. LeBron. Oh. You're looking at me. In what's NASCAR that look for? News? You're looking at me like, what's LeBron and he's NASCAR got to? no race car. No, but you're wondering what LeBron and yeah, NASCAR has got bar, to. He's bar team. Oh, app, 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 app. Uh, Los Angeles Lakers. Did I come out of the closet as a Lakers fan? Yes, I did, didn't did, I? Yes. Because you knew it for a while. I think I did, I mean, yeah. I still like to watch the Pacers, but I guess if I'm going to hang my hat, man, it's... He's a Laker fan. I'm a Laker fan. Yeah, you damn right. Yeah, you damn right. got to respect that. Yeah. I mean, at least you guys... Magic Johnson, baby. Kobe. At least Kobe! You, at least your team uh, drafts to win championships. That's right. Or because Jeannie Buss and Rob Palenka pay the, uh, oh, right, the, big the NBA vote. Yes. Anyways, LeBron James and his charity. LeBron has a charity called the LeBron James Family Foundation. They've got into NASCAR. Today, I did these notes last night, and this news broke like three or four days ago. So I'm going to try to, you know. Right. Uh, today, at today's race at NASCAR, there was a paint scheme for uh, Chris Busher's number 17 car. At Talladega, or at Michigan, excuse me, Michigan Talladega ain't done in August. Uh, it's got James's charity logo. It says King James on the design of it, uh, promoting the phrase "We are family." That's for Pittsburgh Pirates. Look. For R. <laughs> LeBron James can't take that. For, well, hang on for RFK Racing. Okay, this gets even deeper than this. RFK Racing is owned by Fenway Sports Group. Does anybody know what Fenway Sports Group is? Uh, no. When I say the word Fenway, well, what do you I, think of? I think of Boston Red Sox. Okay, Fenway Group is one of the owners of one of the uh, you know managing partners of the Boston Red Sox. Okay. okay, LeBron is a has an 
is a partner, one of the managing partners of Fenway Sports Group. Really? So James has an ownership stake in this car with the Boston Red Sox, the Pittsburgh Penguins, and a whole bunch of other teams. James has a piece of the number 17 and the number 6 cars under the motorsports team for RFK Racing. Uh, for those that don't know, the LeBron James Foundation was founded in 2004 with LeBron's mission to assist children and families in his hometown of Akron. One of the many initiatives that they put forward is the I Promise School. Uh, you know. He lives in Akron? Well, I mean, that's where he was from. Okay. And basically, the school is focused out at at risk youth in Akron that if they can make it to school, LeBron pays for free tuition. Uh, that's, that's good charity. So. You know, I want to keep uh, I want to keep uh, ball rubbing LeBron here. I'm giving right, him a nice tip. Right. Uh, they had a meeting earlier this week about uh, LeBron's contract. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Rich Paul, Clutch Sports CEO, LeBron's agent, told ESPN over the weekend that uh, no new deal was agreed between the two parties. However, James and uh, Rich Paul met with. Uh, Rob Polinka, the GM, uh, new Lakers head coach Darvin Ham, and Jeannie Buss at the Lakers practice facility in downtown El Segundo, California, right outside of LA. Beautiful El Segundo, California. That's the same place where uh, Fox Sports. No, 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 no. That's the same place where the Rich Eisen show is filmed at. Oh, yeah. I don't even know if it's still on the air anymore or not. Uh, anyways. Thursday was the first day LeBron was eligible to sign a two-year, $97.1 million contract extension with the team. What do you always say? That's a lot of... That's a lot of scratch. Okay. Uh, Rich Paul will tell ESPN he expects both sides to continue moving forward with dialogue. Now, LeBron's coming up on his contract's final year when he opted out after 2018 and left, you know, Cleveland. (laughs) Right. He came out here. Uh, he's entering his final year. Uh, he's going to be making about $44.5 million this season. Okay. But he'll be 30 years old, 38 years old when the contract is up next year. Okay. Now, according to the new NBA collective bargaining agreement that was signed a few years ago, the maximum length of a contract player at age 38 or older can sign is two years, which I think is ridiculous. Yeah, what's... I don't <clears throat> know because of keeping teams from... You know, wasting money on a play. I guess I don't know. It doesn't to me. That doesn't really do any favors for the the player. I could be no. wrong, but uh, I, so, anyways, you know, something seems off there. But anyway, yeah. LeBron would have until June thirtieth of twenty twenty three. Didn't he just put up his best numbers ever, like a couple years ago or a year or two ago? Yeah, LeBron. LeBron has June until June thirtieth of next year where he would have to sign an extension before becoming an unrestricted free agent. Uh, it's possible... Oh, I dropped my vape. Uh-oh. Right underneath the table. We'll get it here in a minute. Kurt's like, I'm going to save the vape. I can reach it, I think. Now, well, Kurt's like, if I don't take the mic out and everything. Oh, you saved my vape, dirty Curdy. Okay. <coughs> now you got to get your fat ass comfortable there again. There you go. All right, all right, all right. Back at you. I hope this. I think the audio is taking pretty good. Considering yeah, we've so. got the AC running, I think so. it's too fucking hot. I was not going to sit here without the no. air conditioning. Uh-uh. Okay. The center soaking in the air conditioning. Yeah, we played a little wiffle ball earlier. Oh yeah. Kurt's got a hell of a curve. 
Okay. Anyways, LeBron James. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. yeah I, LeBron James. Squirrel. Yeah, squirrel. Okay. Uh, so James would have until about June 30th next year when he would t- to sign the extension. Otherwise, he'd become the free the free agent. Uh, I'm trying to focus here, my sir. Bad, my bad. I'm trying to focus here. There's a squirrel. 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 Uh, it's possible though. LeBron could come back and sign a one-year extension, which would be somewhere in the ballpark between forty-seven to fifty million dollars for the 2023-2024 season, with an additional year for a player option for 2024 to 2025. Why could that be a reason? Because LeBron has made reference that he would like to play with his oldest son, Bronny. You know, really? Bronny is getting ready to enter his senior year of high school. Making him NBA eligible for 2024. Wow, that's pretty crazy. So, uh-huh. is he that good? I've never really watched Bronny play. Ask Adam Sweet about that. Okay, I will. Um, could you imagine LeBron? That'd be pretty cool. All right, let me let me let me let me let me clarify this. In the NBA, there's like three franchises that are like you know, like the the cat's meow. It's always been like. The Lakers, the Celtics. Celtics, and you can interchange whoever right, else you want. You know? Right, right. Okay, this is the Cel- this is the Lakers organization. This is Genie Bus and the Bus family's team. Right. Rob Palenka is a fucking idiot. Yeah, I agree with but that. But he's still kind of in charge. But when realistically, when you have LeBron James, like who's really in charge here? LeBron James. Like LeBron. <laughs> so, so if uh, <laughs> LeBron. Puts word out that he's gonna stay because he wants to play with he's Bronny. Probably staying, yeah. He's gonna, he's Bronny will end up yeah. on Lakers. Yeah, Lakers so, yeah. so uh, that'd be pretty cool, man. Let's stay in LA for a has, minute. Here. Has there ever been a father son duo? I don't know on the same team. I don't think there has. I mean, play at the same time, even. I mean, we would need Dole to answer that. We'd have to dig pretty deep that one. Um, let's stay in LA for a minute. Uh, Monday or Tuesday last week. Got Dodger news. Dodger news for you. Yeah, right Monday on. or Tuesday last week. Yeah. What happened? Uh, they made a trade or two. No, 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 no. You lost somebody. Dodger yeah. Nation lost somebody. Vince Scully. Vince Scully. I'm sorry. It's Vin. time for Dodger baseball. Ninety-four years old. Uh. Yeah, sixty-seven years he called games for the Dodgers, all the way back to their days in Brooklyn. That's pretty impressive. Uh, I remember him the most with Joe Guerrero-Giola. I'm just gonna let you talk about and, uh, Ben Scully a little bit. Oh, Ben Scully was the cat's meow as far as just baseball just announcer. tits, baby. Just yeah, tits. I mean as far as the baseball announcers go, smooth. Always uh, complimenting. Uh, I, I don't know what a class act, what an ambassador for baseball. We lost a truly lost an ambassador for baseball. At I don't a know, time when baseball. I don't know anybody in the world ever that can ever say a bad word about Vince Scully. No, I mean, either. That's why I say he's always complimenting, always professional in all senses. I got a quote for you here. All right. Uh, Dodgers president and CEO Stan Kasten yeah. released a statement after Vince passing. I'd like to read that for you. Yeah. Kasson would say, we have lost an icon. Vince Scully was one of the greatest voices in all of sports, unlike me or Kurt. <laughs> Vince Scully, he was a giant of a man, not only as a broadcaster, but as a humanitarian yeah. as well. Yeah. He loved people. He loved life. 
He loved baseball, and he loved the Dodgers. And he loved his family. His voice will always be heard and etched in all of our minds forever. I know he was looking forward to joining the love of his life, Sandy. Our thoughts and prayers go out to his family during this very difficult time. Vin will be truly missed. Now, his wife just passed away about a year or two ago. Uh, wow. And that makes me think there, there's no greater like heartbreak and love right, story than right. when Johnny and June left each other. Right, right. June died, and, and jo- four months uh, later, later, Johnny died. Johnny yeah. passed away, too. Right. You tell me that heartbreak. ain't the ultimate heartbreak right. and love. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but he went peacefully. Uh, Scully died in his home uh, in the Hidden Hills section of Los Angeles. Uh, Major League Major League Baseball Commissioner Rod Manford weighed in, said, Today we mourn the loss of a legend in our game. Vin was an extraordinary man whose gift for broadcasting brought joy to generations of Dodger fans. In addition, he play, his voice played a memorable role in some of the greatest moments in the history of our sport. I am proud that Vin was synonymous with baseball because he embodied the very best of our national playtime. As great as he was as a broadcaster, he was equally great, if not better, as a person. On behalf of Major League Baseball, I extend my deepest condolences to Vin Scully's family, friends, and to Dodger Nation and admirers everywhere. So, I got something I want to share with you here. All right. He was the longest tenured broadcaster with a single team in professional sports history. And to give you an idea of what what I'm talking about, okay, it began in the 50s. Pee Wee Reese and Jackie Robinson. On to the 60s with the Don Drysdale and Sandy Koufax. 70s with Steve Garvey and Don Sutton, as yeah, I point on your yeah. shoulder right now. Through the 80s with Oral Hershiser and Fernando Valenzuela. In the 90s with Piazza and Nomo, followed by the, the, the 2000s, Clayton Kershaw, right. Manny Ramirez, and Yasiel Puig. Yeah. Like, that's how far... He was even a broadcaster when they was in... Bro- in uh, yeah, he in, was. In uh, New York yet. Yeah, he was. He the really Bro- was. What was it? The Dodgers. Uh, the Brooklyn, Brooklyn Dodgers. Dodgers. There you go. Ebbets Field. Man, and we are, at some point, going to do some Yankees-Brooklyn-Dodger uh, World yeah, Series. We'll have to, yeah. Because you got... Because, you know, yeah. you got the borough of Brooklyn and the borough of the Bronx. Uh, Kershaw... So many, so many other, so many other people have put out so many touching words, and um, so many tributes. It had so many positive things to say about Vin Scully. Uh, you know, when I, <laughs> okay, <laughs> you know, when I think of Vin Scully, I always just think of it's time for Dodger baseball. But in the three years. Two years I've known Kurt, especially since we've run this podcast for a year and a half now. When I think of Vin Scully, I think Kurt Gibson. Gibson. Yeah, call him Kurt Gibson's home run, yeah. Uh, there she goes. Yeah. So She uh, is out of here. She is. Just out of play that. You want to play yeah, that for play me? It. Yeah, play it. That's uh Okay, let's let's pause. All right, here we go. Shout out Major League Baseball. Wait a minute. That wasn't Vince Paul, was it? Yeah, that was Vince. Yeah, it was. Oh, yeah. The improbable. 
<laughs> Kirk's favorite word, pandemonium. Yes. Boy, that is loud. What a, what a call. Uh, but anyways. Your shipping manager left to find himself. Oh, you shut up, you Drew. We're busy over here. Yeah, Big Van's gonna be missed. You know, and uh, he was paid by the Dodgers. That's what how he made his living. Yeah. He was not afraid to criticize no. the Dodgers no. managers, bad players. Yeah, I mean, he... Uh, <laughs> Very straightforward. You know, he retired in October of 2016. They uh, they had a touching tribute to him before the game. Uh, let me see. I got some more Vin notes here. He was born November 27, 1927 in the Bronx. Uh, as a kid, he would grab a, uh, a pillow and put it under the family's four-legged radio, laying his head directly under the speaker to hear whatever college football game or basketball game was being called, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah, it is cool. Uh, he briefly served in the U.S. Navy. He would soon join Hall of Famer Red Barber and Connie Desmond in the Brooklyn Dodgers radio and television booths. And at 50, in 1953, at 25 years of age, Vince Scully became the youngest person to broadcast a World Series game, an achievement that still stands today. When uh, the Dodgers moved west in 58, he went with them. Yeah. He called perfect games for Larson, Koufax, and Martinez. Uh, he called record games and, and, and seasons for Drysdale, for Hershiser. Hank Aaron hit his 70, right. 715th right. home run. <laughs> Listen to this. Quote this, and this is an iconic call. When Hank Aaron hit his 715th home run to break Babe Ruth's record 74, it was against the Dodgers. And of course, Scully called it and said, A black man getting a standing ovation in the Deep South for breaking a record of an all time white baseball idol. What a marvelous moment for baseball. There it is. Can't say it any better than that. So, I mean, I don't want to spend a minute more time on this, but. Uh, We'll miss you, Scully's going to be missed. He was inducted into the uh, Cooperstown in eighteen or nineteen eighty-two, and uh, yeah. So moment of silence. Yeah. Moment of silence for Vince Scully. Vince Scully, excuse me. Okay. All right. Mo- extra moment of silence. Need a, need a water break. All right. I've been drinking shit out of water lately. That's good. That's good. Maybe I'm dying. <laughs> Shouldn't say that. Kurt's like, what the fuck? I mean, we're all... Just even look, Kurt We're all me. dying. I mean, uh, every breath is our closer to our last. Do you, you know? give your body enough water? No. I don't I don't even. I bet you've been drinking the shit out of it at work lately, ain't you? Yeah, I have. You see what that, you see what that says right there? Blueberry mango. See, I've got my regular tobacco-flavored vape. My rechargeable. I'm proud of you for quit smoking, dude. That's pretty good. But I gotta have one of those Rudy Tooty Fruity flavors, <laughs> the disposable right, ones. Right. So I get like gas station disposable ones, and they're like grape. They've got banana, mango. I ain't tried the banana. This was blueberry, and I love blueberries. So. That really satisfies your nicotine craving. I mean, I haven't had a cigarette uh, since like June, the first week That's of June. Pretty good, dude. Pressed. I mean, I'm still vaping, but hey, at least I ain't smoking, okay, right? Right. All right, uh, hey, tennis. 
Okay. We just talked some tennis the other week. Remember? Because yeah. I said you can have a super team in tennis, and you're like, how? Uh, <laughs> that was. I titled the episode <laughs> Super Teams in Tennis. <laughs> and I, I, said I guarantee how. you, everybody that's seen that on the episode list or seen it on wherever they found us on the audio channels looked at that and like, what in the fuck are these idiots talking about? How can you have a super team? First super team in tennis history. <laughs> Who did I pick? Uh, uh, I don't remember. I remember. I don't even Bjorn, Bjorn, Bjorn was on there. And, uh, Borg and yeah. McEnroe. McEnroe should have been, yeah. Jimmy Connors. Okay, so uh, Rafael Nadal has withdrawn from next week's U.S. Open tune-up event in Montreal due to some abdominal pain that forced him to miss uh, the semifinals in Wimbledon last month. Uh, he's number three in the world rankings right now. His quest for a calendar Grand Slam ended when he had to pull out of Wimbledon. Uh, he's 36 now. He's won 22 majors. He's a five-time champion at the ATP 1000 event in Montreal, which begins tomorrow morning. Uh, he's been practicing for a while now without serving and started serving four days ago. Uh, he's still just a little bit uncomfortable, so he's just going to pull out for a little bit. Uh, he said, after speaking with my doctor, we prefer to take things a more conservative way and give a few more days before starting to compete. Now, Wimbledon champion Novak Djokovic, who I love, D- Djokovic can't enter Canada without being fully vaccinated. That is that that is a legit thing. I don't know if you, if you know this or not, uh, because there's been some issue with some professional wrestling events going on north of the border. If you're not fully vaccinated an athlete, you're not getting into Canada. That's a legit thing. Huh. Yeah, I know. You're just looking at me. Uh, so Djokovic, Djokovic, who has said that he will not get the vaccine, he won't be able to uh, to be there. So he withdrew from the from the, the event. So, uh, would you like to share your experience with? So, vaccine? so here's the thing. Uh, here's the thing. My show, Kurt's show, my time to talk. Um, so when I met Kurt Kelly, it was uh, January of 2020 when I started. And uh, as we know, COVID had really just started to come in the news, right. just a small smattering about a month or two before, right. like November, December 2019. Uh, and then it started chirping in the news a little more. And then March of 2020 is when it fucking right. exploded all over <laughs> right. the country. Right. Uh, and me and Kurt were both in the same mindset. Uh, we're not getting fucking, you're not sticking a needle in. Right. Even if they find a vaccine, uh, chances are... I might have got one, but more than likely, I would not have got it. Right. Uh, not that I'm anti-vaccines. I vaccinate my children and everything. I'm not an anti-vaccine. I just, uh, in my mind, a vaccination pushing through this fast without yeah. years of research, yeah. I didn't trust it. Uh, fast forward to July of last year, uh, I carried as a pallbearer to his grave one of the, the best fucking men I've ever met in my life. And uh, he had contracted COVID and fought for his life for three weeks before he went into a coma the last week and then his family had decided his family was on the verge of having to pull the plug and he made the decision for him as he passed away over the night right. before so uh you know I, I last sent him a text uh a few days before he went into a coma he responded and then uh, last night, so so when when i lost him i made the decision in august of last year i got vaccinated for covid uh two doses uh, January of this year, contracted COVID. 
was at Homer recuperating when uh, Jasper Police Department accused me of theft. About <laughs> swinging swing and a miss, miss baby. Swinging swing a miss. miss. I'm going to get pulled over on the way home now. <laughs> that was, I mean, <laughs> swing and a miss. miss. Holy shit, swing and a miss. Uh... And then, uh, so, yeah, uh, I have not got a booster shot. Wasn't, don't, probably won't get a booster shot. And then, uh, what, about a month ago, I got yeah, it again? Yeah, yeah. Not so, a happy what camper. the fuck? Not a happy camper. Now, you say, hey, Biden, the creepy little banjo boy from uh, Deliverance. Yeah. He's been double boosted and double vaccinated, and he's got that son of a bitch like Ford. He got uh, it, got over uh-huh. it, and three days later, got it again. Well, I mean, what's in that shot? They're giving you COVID is what they're doing. Oh, he's fucking. I don't know. I mean, I. I, I but Djokovic said he will not get vaccinated. So, and no. uh, there, there's issues going on with Canada with professional athletes. Cross, if you're not fully vaccinated, you don't cross the border. I mean, I I've so, got to be in a position where I respect everybody's decision. I guess I don't know. I'm not vaccinated, but I haven't had. Any hey, trouble. my body, my choice, right? Right. I haven't had any trouble with it yet. So. Okay. Uh, we like callbacks on this show, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Callbacks are our favorite thing. Right. This is different than a Weeknight Chronicles because we're more... This is a big current events. Uh, came to last quest. Yeah, I wondered about it. We've been talking about this story for the last three or four months. Right, right. Uh, the attempted murder case in uh, Santa Clara, California. Uh, so he went to court on Friday. He pled not guilty. Velasquez is pleading not guilty to this case. Now, for those of you that have no idea what we're talking about or don't remember, but kind of do, so 40-year-old former world heavyweight champion, Cain Velasquez, is being charged with attempted murder and 10 other gun-related charges stemming from an incident that happened, I believe, in February or it might have been March. Uh, he chased down a man named Henry uh, Harry Galarte, who was being charged with molesting a young a, a young child who is a relative right. of Kane's Velasquez right. and his family. He shot a gun into Galarte's vehicle, hitting Galarte's stepfather. Now, Velasquez has been in jail since February 28th, and he's been denied bail three separate times for this incident, okay? A pretrial hearing is scheduled for September 26th, where... Um, uh, I just can't see why he had to take a gun. Well, we'll get there. You know, I mean, that's... Velasquez's attorney, uh, Mark Garagos, is expected to uh, be able to get witnesses to testify because they have a pretrial hearing on September 26th. If the case is not dismissed by that point, he said it would then go to a trial, which could begin before the end of 2022, potentially. Garrigo said the prosecution will not be calling Galarte to testify at the pretrial hearing or at the trial, which he called nonsense. There will be a motion hearing August 29th to discuss whether Galarte not being a witness is fair to Cain Velasquez or not. <coughs> uh, Garrigo said the one count Velasquez is facing could get him life in prison is the attempted murder and Galarte is the alleged victim of said charge. Now, Here's what's fucked up. Uh, me and you talked about this. Galarte was released from custody yeah, February 25th without bail. Uh, three days later is when they decided they were going to lock Velasquez up. I mean, but on February 25th, they released Galarte from custody without bail 
after being arrested on a charge of lewd or vicious act with a minor under the age of 14. Um, is, is that not a violent... Oh, God. Is that not a violent act? Yeah, that's... Uh, and we're going to turn him loose? Yeah. Uh, no. Velasquez's lawyer said they're desperately trying to run away from the fact that the system has failed Cain Velasquez in every way. They don't want to get into that. They want to try a case that's divorced completely from reality. All right. Uh, Garagos added the fact that he finds it a conflict that the same office is trying both Velasquez and Galarte in their respective cases, saying that it is serving, quote-unquote, like two masters. Now, what happened that day is Velasquez followed Galarte's truck in its own vehicle on an 11-mile high-speed chase through the city of San Jose, California. Uh, Velasquez, who is semi... I won't say... I won't say retired. I'll say... I won't say semi-retired. I'd say semi-active. Right. Uh, Velasquez spends a lot of time down at AKA in San Jose, California, which is the American Kickboxing Academy, uh, which I, I love AKA, guys. Right, right. Uh, anyways, he, he uh, rammed the truck multiple times, and then he shot. He fired off a, a forty caliber handgun. Uh, I don't know if he did a mag dump, but he got off several rounds. I mean, that's where it went wrong. If he just grabbed him and yanked him out yeah, of there. So, so here's, the, here's the thing with this. The, the gun got him in trouble. Yes. Now I'm saying, I don't know at what point they, they look at this or if they look at it different versus how many rounds was fired. I don't think it was a full-on mag dump. If you dump 10, 15 rounds, you were, yeah. that, that's another story. If you fire off 4 or 5, but maybe in the state of California, that, that doesn't matter because California's way different with their right, laws right right uh let me tell you for, for those of you listening to the show even if you don't know shit about boxing or mma and you hear me talk boxing in every weeknight episode uh kane velasquez is a bad motherfucker, motherfucker yeah he don't need a gun he don't need a gun he, just, he, he is a former you know ufc heavyweight champion he can wrestle he can kick box, and when i tell you he can kick box this boy is built like a bad yeah, just bad brock man Lesner. just ask yeah brock lesnar yeah, yeah. Uh, heavy hands. Oh God! So now this relative of Velasquez's family is under ten years old. Uh, hey. They it, he that this child told police that Galarte had took them into the bathroom of a daycare center and touched their privates. The child said Galarte said, "Don't tell anyone what happened," and that this situation is reported to have occurred over a hundred of times, not just with. Velasquez's relative, but with multiple children. Uh, it needs to be shot. But <laughs> The daycare is owned by the victim, Galarte's mother. She and Galarte have denied any wrongdoing. Velasquez's family has also filed a negligence and sexual battery lawsuit against Galarte and his mother, Patricia Galarte pleaded guilty to his criminal charge in June and is scheduled for another date in September 20. Now, while he was released, he is on right uh, probation, pre-monitoring. Right, he he right. is wearing the bracelet. He is being checked in on. He can't be within X amount of feet of minors or public but at parks. The same or time, that's he's quiz. walking free. And you've got and I always say that celebrities aren't held accountable to the same rules we are. Uh, professional athletes are celebrities are in that same vein but here apparently on this case I that doesn't hold true right I mean I don't care who it would have been they, they would have been after that guy I mean I would have certainly been after okay, him okay here, here's what's going to happen like this is going to piss a lot of people off I'm going to tell you what's going to happen 
Paul Galarte uh, needs taken out back. Yeah. Doesn't need <laughs> shot. You don't need shot. None of that. Um, somebody needs to take a dull pin knife. A dull knife cuts you and hurts you far yeah. worse well, than yeah. a sharp knife does. Oh, yeah. Somebody needs to take a pin knife, like an old ratchet, dull, <laughs> rusty, rusty yeah. like pin knife from the 1800s. Yeah. And you need to cut that boy's cock off. Yeah. And feed it to a Rottweiler. Yeah. And I was saying that, and I don't give a fuck who unfollows the show after I say right, that. Right, right. Cut yeah. that boy's dick off with a rusty pin knife. Yeah. Feed it to a Rottweiler. And then just finish letting Kane tag him up. Just let Kane get in there and <laughs> yeah, just yeah, tag that boy go. up. Because he's going to hurt him and he's going to hurt, hurt him bad. Yeah. I mean, he's got it coming. Maybe Kane overreacted or, in this situation. Uh, hundreds, but I'm at, hundreds of times. And multiple children. And multiple children. Potentially. Yeah. Turn I want, you, I want all of you listening to this as a father. you ought to put Kane and him in the same cell. Maybe. I don't know how many women we get to check the show out. But I, I know, I guarantee you, the majority of our listeners are male. Right. I want you out there as fathers, listen, and tell me that you wouldn't get in there if you were Cain Velasquez and do the same goddamn thing he did. Now, maybe you wouldn't took a gun. Again, again right. he got in trouble. This whole mess right. about a gun. I mean, well, even if he would have beat the shit out of this guy, he was going to get persecuted for used something. His natural guns. Yeah. Say hello to Mr. 9mm Glock, Mr. Ruger 1911, yeah, 45 right. ACP right here, baby. Yeah, I mean... Uh, Velasquez didn't need guns, no. but I, you know what? I fully support Kane Velasquez. I do, too. I hope, I, do he, too. I hope he gets out soon, which probably won't happen. Probably He's won't potentially happen. facing a life sentence in prison. Well, they're going to make the thing a gun thing, like everything else, so... Well, I'm trying to take her again. California is full of a bunch of liberals and overly sensitive pussies, so there you go. <laughs> I shouldn't say it's true. Hot take. Hot you take. want me to? Yeah, hot take. Sorry, sorry to our loyal California listeners because we have been we have been picking up a lot of downloads in the state of California lately. I don't know where they're coming but from. Trying to put your big boy pants on. Yeah, I, I don't mean we don't mean to offend you, but uh, well. Maybe maybe you're a transplant from somewhere else, so maybe that's okay. Maybe you're just temporarily right. living in Cali for a little bit. Yeah, that state's got it all wrong. Man, they got some hot ass women out there, though. Oh yeah, yeah. Can we say hot ass women? Is that I, still allowed? I, I think I'll say hot ass women. Yeah. Okay. Speaking of California, you know, I said we were gonna jump around yeah. tonight, but it seems like everything is segueing perfectly with like a player or a team right, or a right. location. Uh, what you got? UCLA, Bruins, Bruins, no longer in the Pac-12. Yeah, what the fuck is going on here? Ain't now? The, didn't they move to the Big Ten? The, 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 the Big there, Twenty. There's going to be an episode coming down the pipe because we've not done one episode about college football, college basketball, college hardly anything. We need to talk about this. I I just want to rant and bitch and oh, rave about me this. Me too. Me too. Uh, but but bear with Think us. Think of that. Think of that. Uh, the flight, the distance. For a Big Ten matchup. I was pissed off three or four or five years ago Me when too. Maryland, Maryland, when Maryland Rutgers, joined. And Rutgers joined. Okay, Rutgers is a Big East school. Maryland is an ACC school. What the fuck is this? What does uh, Maryland have? Notre Dame. Notre Dame uh, an, 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 is an FBS in. independent. Why is Notre Dame? And why is Northwestern in? I mean, they're one of the originals, I guess. But at the same time, Notre Dame would be a good replacement for Northwestern. But what is it now? The big 
15 or 16. It doesn't make no sense, does it? It doesn't. No. It's stupid. You got to wonder if uh, the UCLA, for example, Steve Alford ties there coming to the Big Ten. And he's not even the coach there anymore, though. He's not? I don't, well, I don't know. Maybe he is. I thought he was. I could be wrong. Uh, anyways. Yeah. With, they don't need to be in the Big Ten. And they come out of the what? The uh, pack? Pack 12. Pack 12. Remember when it used to be Pack 10? Yeah. 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 Men's uh-huh. sports got crazy. It's gone stupid crazy. Yeah. With the world. But, anyways, what were we talking about? UCLA. Yeah. Okay. They're about to receive a settlement of $67.5 million from Under Armour of all places. Really? Yeah. Four. Okay. So, this is a fucked up thing. Okay. So. <laughs> I had absolutely no idea about this story. I didn't hear nothing about it going back earlier in the year. Apparently, this has been uh, there's been a little bit released every couple of weeks about this. So, paging doctor. Oh, that's one of the homeboys. I can't answer that right now. Podcasting. Okay, so uh, damn it, I didn't silence my phone, boss. I'm sorry. sorry. No, no worries. I got to put a dollar in the kitty. Nah. All right. So, okay. Focus. Kurt, fill time. I need a drink. Yep, right on. I'm getting ready. Do, 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 we haven't plugged do, a single sponsor. Do, 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 do. There's a reason for that. What's that? I cannot find my sponsor. <laughs> my sponsor notes. Ah. So I'll just tag everybody on Facebook there later. You go. We'll just there you promote go. all the people we, we, we tag later. Right, right. There you go. That works. Especially our girl Nan. I'm drinking the shit out of water lately. I gotta pee again. I just peed like an hour ago. He's gotta pee again. You know what? We'll hold it for a while. He's gonna hold it for a while. Okay, shut up. That's creepy. (laughs) Okay, so get back. You haven't heard about. (laughs) Oh, I gotta tell you a story. I gotta tell you a story. Yes. Sidebar, our show. This is bonus content for you guys. So. As I've told you since I, the last day I ever worked with you was uh, May 6th. Right. Okay. Uh, as I told you, one of the things I was doing this summer with the kids and, and this new job is I got a lot of flexibility. But I, I, I was taking each one of the kids, each one of the three, on their own, like, one-day adventure with me. Right. So what it is, they, they would get, like, one night at home with me. They'd spend the night with me just by themselves. And then we would go out for an adventure. Uh, Bentley wanted to go to wrestling. So yeah. we went down to, you know, Oak Grove, Kentucky. That was like two weeks before summer vacation started. So he just said, count that as my one day with you. Okay. Briley wanted to go to Sky Zone. So I picked her up. She spent the night with me. We went to Sky Zone the next day. I took her back home. What's Sky Zone? Sky Zone is like uh, where I think I got the, the Rona. It's like wall-to-wall trampolines and okay, shit. Okay. Okay. That'd be You should have cool. seen my fat ass jumping on a trampoline, <laughs> dude. I'm telling you. <laughs> so they had this one rock wall. <laughs> That these kids were climbing and shit. They were doing flips and backflips off. Like they were like 10, 15 feet in the air, falling into this foam pit. Right, right. And just pad of foam. And she looked at me and I said, There ain't no way I'm getting up there, honey. I said, If you want to scurry your little ass up or get up there, anyways. So, so, and then my youngest one, right, Grace. So I picked Riot up on Thursday morning. We, uh, I picked her up on Thursday morning. I was just going to keep her overnight Thursday since I would have had to pick the kids up Friday anyways, like I did for because it was my weekend. Right. So I picked her up Thursday morning, and we went to lunch. And then um, after lunch, oh, she wanted, 
pizza. Pizza. So unfortunately, Hosties wasn't open yet. Hosties. Hosties Pizza. It's it's the it's the pizza bar and buffet down by the movie theaters. Uh, and brick oven pizza and honey burgers oh, okay. got a pizza buffet. Okay. Okay. So it's pretty good pizza. Oh yeah, she really wanted pizza, but those places weren't open. So we went to Fazoli's. She called it a pizza restaurant because they keep bringing breadsticks right, right, and pizza right. slices. Went to the movie theaters, took in an afternoon matinee on a very hot day, and then Thursday night she was playing in the kitchen with my dad, and uh, she would keep picking on him. She'd had this creepy looking fucking doll. <laughs> oh no! So he wanted, he always bitches because she never spends time with him because he always picks on her. Well, she likes to pick back. Well, she snuck into the kitchen and he's seen her, but she didn't know that. She ducked down under the island and would just raise that doll up <laughs> and was speaking in like fucking tongues, <laughs> like you know. Blah, blah, she, blah, blah, she, she was like, "Hello, Papa." Do you want to follow me to the dark room, Papa? <laughs> like, I'm like dead serious, bro. Like, dead serious. Anyways. I, didn't want to I wish you were sitting here. Are you going to work? You going to work? Anyways, it was creepy as shit, dude. It was funny, That's, though. That sounds very funny. What'd your old man do? Yeah, he fucking freaked out. He's like, what the hell? And then uh, she came running back in the room and scared him. And I missed a golden opportunity. Because I told him the next morning, I said, I should have took that doll and turned the head sideways, yeah. set it in yeah. your truck. So when you open the door at 530 <laughs> in the morning, he said, I'd have shot you. <laughs> really creepy looking doll, huh? Yeah. But anyways, that's where the creepy thing okay. comes from. Where the fuck were we? UCLA. Yeah. Lawsuit. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, Suing. It's, they're for terminating a record uh, apparel sponsorship deal. On May 26th, the two sides agreed mm -hmm. to the uh, settlement, which required Under Armour to pay UCLA $67 million, almost $67.5 million. It was like 674 uh, and absolves both parties of any liability. In June of 2020, Under Armour had informed UCLA that it intended to terminate a 15-year, $280 million deal to be the school's apparel sponsor, citing marketing benefits that UCLA had not provided. Basically, you guys aren't doing shit and wearing the gear we're providing you and appearances. Well, uh, all athletic events were stopped in 2020. Right. Even school, COVID, college right. campuses were not <clears throat> COVID. Right, right. So <clears throat> the brand's not being out there. Uh, the deal signed in 2016 was the largest sponsorship agreement in college sports history at the time. Uh, in August, the next month of 2020, uh, UCLA sued Under Armour for more than $200 million for a breach contract. And then... A year later, September of this past year, 2021, in a pissing contest to see whose theoretical <laughs> dick was bigger, Under Armour would come back countersuing UCLA, claiming the school violated a separate agreement by covering uh, Under Armour logos with social justice patches and Black Lives Matter stuff on the uniforms of football and basketball teams. So, both sides are in a pissing contest. Oh, boy. Uh, and then... Uh, you know, in June, UCLA decided they were leaving the Pac-12 to join the Big Ten. In 2024, 
the Los Angeles Times reported that UCLA's athletic department had a debt of more than $100 million, which stems from uh, part of the loss of the Under Armour agreement. That was a big chunk of money for yeah. them. Uh, so in December 2020, UCLA partnered with Nike and Jordan brand that will pay the school about $46 million annually. So, Huh. Yeah. Okay. UCLA. So, yeah. University. Yes. What, what is it? Uh, uh, University of California, Los, Los Angeles. Angeles. Yeah. I got a text from the ex-wife. Uh-oh. Mm-hmm. You want to take a break? Yeah, we'll take a break. I got to pee. I'll never smoke weed with Willie. And we're back. They never even know we were gone. Okay. Uh, so I was just telling Kurt, we went outside and took a break. Play some wiffle ball. Or I could have just been peeing for the last 35 minutes and they'd never know the difference. Right. Uh, got a little, uh, we were getting ready to jump in the NBA, but before I do, got a little bit of NFL breaking news. Cleveland Browns running back, Kareem Hunt has requested a trade out of Cleveland, uh, but sources indicate that the team has denied that request. Hunt, who is in the final year of a two-year, $12 million deal, uh, missed team drills the past two practices, returned uh, on Sunday. So he's not confident about Deshaun Watson either, is he? Uh, Well, uh, Kevin Stefanski, uh, Browns coach, declined comment. Sunday when asked about the trade, he said, I'm not going to really get into anything that has to do with our players and conversations. He won't get into that. Uh, This just adds more turmoil for the Browns, who are waiting to see how long quarterback Deshaun Watson will be suspended for violating the league's personal conduct policy, which there's there's some Deshaun shit later in the notes. I mean, it tells me everything I need to know about his way of thinking. Uh, He's out. Kareem Hunt, 27 years old, he's been productive – during his first three seasons with Cleveland, uh, but he missed nine games last season with uh, ankle injuries. Uh, he finished third on the team in rushing behind Nick Chubb, who is the uh, he's the he's the uh, horse. He is the horse that they hooked the wagon uh-huh. to. Now, what's interesting about Hunt is Hunt was part of uh, a trio of rookie running backs who set the league on fire in 2017 when he was with the Kansas City Chiefs. He had 1,300 yards. Uh, on the ground. He was released by Kansas City in 2018. If you guys can remember, that was after a video surfaced of him uh, beating the shit out of yeah, a woman. Yeah, yeah. And he signed with the Cleveland Browns the following season in 2019. So, just wanted to throw that out there. I wonder what he's got. I wonder what's... Hmm. I think he's... I, okay, I, I don't know. I don't know the story situation. Uh, my mind immediately goes to... Um, wonder if he's going to get pulled into some allegations. My, my mind goes two places with this. It's either one, he's like, okay, no Deshaun, we're going to suck, fuck this, I'm done. Or it's, uh, hey, uh, I'm ready to be a feature lead back on a team again. I've come back. I did the uh, I did the I'm sorry tour for three years. I'm re- But uh, anyways, fuck them. I hope it's the latter. You know, yeah. Uh, we got some NBA news. All right. Uh, they're constant. They're uh, right now investigating tampering charges. Tampering, like, like we're college teams again. They're in. They're uh, they're investigating tampering charges uh, against the New York Knicks pursuit of signing uh, guard Jalen Brunson. 
Uh, teams aren't allowed to make contact with an agent or a player to discuss a deal prior to the 6 p.m. Eastern kickoff on June 30, the opening of free agency, and Bronson agreed to a four-year, $104 million deal with the Knicks that night. Bronson, the reason this is suspicious is Bronson has several ties to the Knicks franchise. Team president Leon Rose, who made a series of trades following draft night, which could be argued was to create enough capital to sign Brunson, is a prominent former player whose first client was Brunson's father, Rick. Uh, Rose also represented Jalen at the beginning of his career. Uh, Rick was recently hired uh, as a Knicks assistant. This is, you know, this is Jalen's father, which reunited uh, Rick Rose with uh, Tom Thibodeau. Right. For whom he was assistant in Chicago and Minnesota. So, huh. Brunson's, you know, coming off a breakout season and where he was the number two option in Dallas behind the guy running one of the top Luka. five stars in the league, Luca, Luca Doncic. Luca Doncic. So, uh, uh, the N- the NBA in 2019 though they they rechanged the tampering policy. I think this shit is stupid. I can see it with college, with pros tampering. Uh, these guys are growing ass. That's what I'm getting ready to athletes, say. Athletes, yeah. but, but rules are rules, and um, fuck them. Yeah, fuck them. Go, fuck you, em. you go ahead and say it. Fuck them. Fuck them. Um, Bill Russell. Yeah. So how many times have I said, and Adam Sweet's argued with Adam Sweet. You have argued with me on this. Put any player on the face of Mount Rushmore you want. Bill Russell is the mountain you carve it out of. Yeah, the championships speak for themselves. Won eight straight titles and 11 overall during his career. He passed away on Sunday this past week. 88 years old, Hall of Famer. He died peacefully with his family at his side. Uh... Arrangements will be announced soon if they haven't been already, which I know I was looking at this a few days after. That's bad. People, God, people reached out everywhere. Um, there was uh, some statements coming out that I wanted to read about this. Did it say who this was from? <laughs> no, it didn't. Uh, who put who put out the statement? There was somebody that said he was a kind of a butthole or something like that, wasn't it? Well, he kind of was. I'm trying to look at my notes here. Anyways, uh, over a 15-year period, beginning with his junior year at the University of San Francisco, Russell had one of the most remarkable careers of any player in the history of team sports. At USF, he was a two-time All-American, won two straight NCAA titles, led the team to 55 consecutive victories. He won a gold medal at the 56 Olympics. During his 13-year career in Boston, he carried the Celtics to the NBA Finals 12 times, winning the title 11 times. The last two titles won was both a player and serving as the NBA's first black coach. Bill Russell's DNA... Uh, the Celtics organization put a statement out on social media saying Bill Russell's DNA is woven through every element of the Celtics organization from the relentless pursuit of excellence to the celebration of team rewards over individual glory. 
to a commitment to social justice and civil rights off the court. Our thoughts are with this family as we mourn his passing and celebrate his enormous legacy in basketball, Boston, and beyond. Adam Russell come out to, you know, Adam Russell come out to to say things. Jordan come out to say a lot of things. Uh, Russell was a five-time MVP, a 12-time All-Star. He was an, an uncanny shot blocker. Oh, yeah. To this day... You still don't yeah. see guys blocking shots the way yeah, he had an act for it. Yeah. Bill Russell did. Um, he finished with 21,620 rebounds, an average of 22.5 per game. Wow. Led the league in rebounding four times, had 51 rebounds in one game, 49 in two others, and posted 12 straight th- seasons with 1,000 or more rebounds. He also averaged 15.1 points and 4.3 assists over his career. That's impressive. However, I was an innovator, Russell once told the New York Times in a 2011 article. I started blocking shots, although I had never seen shots blocked before like that. The first time I blocked shots, my coach pulled, called timeout, pulled me aside and said, no good defensive player ever leaves his feet. Remember that, Bill. Ha. <laughs> That's what his coach uh, told right, him. Right, right, right. No and, good defensive and, player ever and, leaves his feet. As a, a coach, I would You're, have to say, yes, right. That's you know, right. You don't leave your feet. But, yeah, let's tell Bill Russell not to go up right, and, right. and, you know. Right. Okay. So, I wanted to get in, if that's okay with you. I know we're pushing 9 o'clock. Are you, you straight? I'm, I'm you straight? Good. Yeah. I wanted to get in how this came together. Just briefly, I put in the notes with how Russell got into the South. Is that okay? Oh, yeah, that's cool. So, with the 56 NBA draft coming up, the Celtics coach and general manager, Red Arbach. Arbach, was eager to add Bill Russell to his lineup. Arbach had built a scoring offense uh, around guards Bob Cousy, yeah. Bill Sharman, and Ed McCauley at center, who was undersized for a center, right, right. if you remember. Unfortunately, that didn't happen because the St. Louis Hawks selected Russell in the draft. Luke came laying down. <laughs> the St. Louis Hawks would take Bill Russell in the draft. The Celtics would engineer a trade to land Russell for McCauley. Uh, Boston then had a starting five of Bill Russell, Bob Cousy, Shaman, Tommy Henson. I don't remember that. Tommy Henson? I don't remember that name either. Uh, it was a... I mean, they were movers. The Celtics posted the best regular season record in the NBA in 56 and 57. Waltz through the playoffs for the first NBA title, beating the Hawks. In a rematch in the 58 finals, the Celtics and Hawks split the first two games at Boston Garden. Russell would suffer an ankle injury in Game 3 and was ineffective the remainder of the series. The Hawks would win with Bill Russell out. W oh. Lenny Wilkins there? No. No, no, no. Don't jump ahead of me here. Russell and the Celtics would then pretty much keep a tight reign of dominance over the NBA Finals after that point, going on to win 10 titles and 11 appearances, giving professional basketball a level of prestige it not seen. Let me skip ahead. I want to skip ahead a little bit. Okay, because this is... I know you wanted to talk about this with, with me talking about this. Uh, to answer your question, I had something about Lenny Wilkins in here. After he won his 11th championship in 1969 at age 35, Bill Russell retired, triggering a mini-rebuild. 
During his 13 seasons, the NBA had expanded from eight teams to 14, and Russell Celtics teams never had to survive more than three off playoff round, three playoff rounds to win a title. However, what he is probably most noted for, along with multiple titles, was his career-defining rivalry against Benny Wilkins. No, no. Who's the no, other? No, Will, Will Chamberlain. Will Chamberlain, Will my Castillo. brother. Yep. I want you guys to hop in your Google machine. I sent this picture to Adam Sweet. Adam made me feel like an idiot. There, I said, <laughs> there's a picture of Bill Russell and Wilt Chamberlain doing battle. And I said, who's this guy with Bill? And he said, you mean Wilt? I said, no, dummy. There was another player in the background up wearing a Boston Celtics jersey, and I couldn't figure out who it was. But anyways, Adam thought I didn't know who fuck Wilt Chamberlain was. But I'll shut. But there, there is an impressive picture that was taken in the fifties and sixties, and it's been uh, redigitized and, and color added in and brought to life. And it is a phenomenal picture of these two giant. And from the angle that this camera shot at, both these dudes look like they're about seven foot five. <laughs> and it's just a tremendous picture. They're low down in the post and the paint. They're battling. Russell but was six nine. Bill Russell was six nine, and I don't remember Will how. Seven, Will one. was seven one. Yeah. But yet, Chamberlain got Chamber, Chamberlain got his ass pounded a little yeah. bit here. I mean, yeah. so in the fifty nine sixty NBA season, Chamberlain averaged a record thirty seven points per game in his rookie year with the Philadelphia 76ers. Well, they were the Warriors. Warriors. Before they became the Golden State Warriors. On November 7th, 1959, Russell Celtics hosted Chamberlain's Warriors, and it was often referred to as the big collision or the Battle of the Titans. Chamberlain would outscore Russell 30-22. to The Celtics would end up winning the game. And just as this goes back and forth over the years, this become one of the biggest rivalries in in basketball history um they become you know one of the celtics titles came against chamberlain's warriors when they moved to san francisco in 64 so the argument could be made though that you know russell has 11 championship rings you know how many rings chamberlain's got uh two two if i'm if i'm remembering correctly too i put the notes that speaks volumes there then Bill Bill would have a quote to the Boston Herald in 1995, and I'll leave you with this. I was the villain because I was so much bigger and stronger than anyone else out there. Oh, excuse me. Chamberlain said that. I would be, people tend not to root for Goliath, and Bill back then was just a, a guy who had a really great laugh, jovial guy. Plus, he played on the greatest team ever, the Celtics. My team was losing. He was winning, so it would be natural that I would be jealous. Not true. Chamberlain would go on to say, I'm more happy with the way things turned out. Our rivalry, he drew the best out against me. He is the best player I've ever shared a court with. That's pretty high praise. <clears throat> okay. Shout out me. Yes. What do I manage to work into every episode? A wrestling reference. Or a story. Story. Got yeah. one. Okay. This past weekend. Last uh, weekend. All right. Big weekend in pro wrestling. Huge weekend going down. StarCast 5. It's... uh. It's like a wrestling convention. Okay. SummerSlam went down from Titan Stadium in Nashville. Jim, uh, Jim Cocker, Jim Crockett Promotions was revived. Uh, that's where Flair made a name for himself in the '80s. Okay. They were a branch of the NWA before it became WCW. Jim Car- Jim Crockett Promotions. They 
were brought back for one night for Ric Flair's last match. Okay. Okay. This was this event was promoted by Ric Flair's son-in-law, the Podfather, my inspiration for podcasting, Conrad Thompson, Ric Flair's son-in-law. Okay. Anyways, Ric Flair's last match went down sun, uh, Sunday, July thirty-first. They did it from the Nashville Municipal Auditorium. Okay. No big deal. Why should I be talking about this? Because there's some cool shit that went down. First of all, Flair's fucking 73 years old and decided that after being retired once, unretiring, and coming back in the ring, he wanted to go in the ring and wrestle again. <laughs> this is five years after he had uh, Heart attack, yeah. major medical issues <clears throat> and he was on <clears throat> life support for a few days. Uh, you know. So, okay. So, this was, this was huge news. Woo! Woo! They had a huge card. It was such a such a big event. You had talent from all over professional wrestling. All countless promotions show up. Uh, cameo videos were played in the arena from guys like Lawler, uh, Jerry Jarrett, The Undertaker, Mick Foley, Sting, Diamond who, Dallas Page. Who did he wrestle? So he wrestled Jeff Jarrett. Okay. So uh, it was a tag match. Uh Ric Flair and his other son-in-law, Andre Eladio, who is a Lucha Libre wrestler who's married to Ric Flair's daughter, Charlotte. And uh, they wrestled against Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. And I'm going to tell you guys about Jay Lethal because Kurt doesn't know. No. i got to show him video later. Um, Jay Lethal is uh, one of the best guys I've ever watched work. Uh, I've been a fan of his ever since the early TNA days, like 05, 06, 07. Jay Lethal is known for two things in wrestling. To me, besides being a great worker, he's known for uh, doing probably one of the top two or three Macho Man Randy Savage impersonations. <laughs> Hop in your Google machine, get on YouTube. Ooh, yeah. He's also known for doing probably the best Ric Flair impersonation. <laughs> and they caught that shit and filmed it live on television in TNA Impact back in 2009, 2010. Where literally Jay Lethal's at the top of the stage, Ric Flair's in the ring, and Lethal is mocking every movement Flair makes, copying him. Woo for woo, they're having <laughs> woo offs like some hardcore. It's just fucking great shit, dude. Such good shit. Uh, here, but but I want to talk about this because th- this was big. So, um, this event was originally scheduled for the Nashville Fairgrounds, which is where. Memphis TV used to run. Okay. You know, they run Louisville Garden Tuesday nights, Coliseum in Evansville Wednesday nights. They'd run the Mid-South Coliseum in Memphis on Monday nights. Saturday morning, Memphis TV. Saturday night, Nashville Fairgrounds. And they made these towns 52 weeks a year every week. Dave Brown? Dave Brown. Lance Lance Russell. Russell. So they are originally going to do this at the Fairgrounds in Nashville, and they had changed the name to the Flairgrounds. <laughs> the Flairgrounds. Flare they had a promotion. It was okay. on the news. Uh, but they kept selling tickets. They sold too much, so they moved it to the auditorium because they kept selling tickets. This turned out to be one of the best-performing independent wrestling shows in recent memory. The show racked up between... Damn near thirty thousand pay per view buys across all platforms. That's uh, that's pretty big news. That's thirty. You know, ticket sales also pulled in suppressive numbers. There was almost seven thousand, rumored to be about seven thousand fans in attendance. I don't know how accurate that really is, um, but they did damn near. Uh, let me see. Let me check the numbers here. 
They did almost four hundred and fifty. They almost did a half a million dollars at Damn the it. gate. Damn it. Gate prices, ticket prices, merchandise. They did like you know over with merchandise figured in. They probably did do probably oh, yeah. close to half a mil. So it's a it's a pretty big achievement. Um, you know, this was the first show promoted promoted by Conrad Thompson, who is a uh, the whole reason I got into podcasting anyways right. talking about wrestling it's rick flair's son-in-law he hosts multiple wrestling podcasts does them with arn anderson does arn one with anderson. jeff Jarrett. that was one with rick flair well, okay we gotta know who won well okay so <laughs> so at the end of the match of course you have to send the folks happy home happy with rick flair victory rick flair victory and of course rick flair in his last match at 73 nobody's gonna tell him no rick flair did a blade job uh, and he was covered. I mean, that bleach blonde hair it was bleach gray. I guess I should call it now. It blood everywhere. Uh, so you do the right thing. You uh, you send the fans home happy. I would have called an audible. Rick's last match. I would have had the bad guys win and piss everybody off. Right. Good way to get heat for Jeff Jarrett, who is getting more active in the wrestling business again. He's currently working in a backstage role for uh, WWE now. But he's also been in the camera with this Ric Flair final match thing. So, anyways, I would have just gave the bad guys the win and had him see half the city of Nashville try to kill him. <laughs> Ric Flair went out to a big after party and partied with Kid Rock and a bunch of celebrities in Nashville that night. Cool. Yeah, Kid Rock. Let's party with Kid Rock. Yeah. Yeah, okay. 73-year-old wrestling. 73-year-old. He wanted to get back in the ring. Huh. Now, he said he's done. Now, there's been rumored promoters. There's some promoters that are offering him upwards of, uh, you know, a million, half a million dollars, whatever, to get back in the ring. Uh, but he said he felt like that would cheat his fans out of what was his final, final retirement right, match because right. he retired once in 08. I'd say he's done now. Okay. I mean, woo! Woo! Um... I try to give you guys like good shit just to just for laughs and entertainment. Get on YouTube. That's all I can tell you. And I've and I've mentioned this in, in episodes and in, in passing and specifically on our pro wrestling episode last summer, about a year ago this time, almost a year ago. Check out Ric Flair. Just just put Ric Flair promos in the search bar on YouTube. And if you want to be extremely Pacific, put night Pacific. Pacific. I'll be Atlantic. You be Pacific. <laughs> Fuck! I got a speech impediment tonight. Fuck! You I need be, more. I need more water. You be Pacific, and I'll be Atlantic. Okay. I need more water. Kyle, you be uh, the Gulf of Mexico, or the Indian Ocean, or the Arctic Ocean. Yeah. The Arctic is very cold. Yeah. Okay. Uh. I lost my motherfucking train of thought. <laughs> uh, <laughs> to be more specific, 19, yeah, 1980s yeah. for the whole eighties to the nineties yeah, decade. Check, check it set. Yeah, check out some. Rick I Blair. mean, I mean, you would not the, the over the top feet. Yeah. Animation, the theatrics of it all. Wise ass. Oh, it, dude, I could, I could literally. So, he was feuding with uh, Ric Flair's the Nature Boy. He took it from Buddy Rogers. There was a third nature boy that started making his rounds in the late eighties, early nineties. Buddy Lee, or Buddy Landell, sorry, that it just didn't pan out. Buddy, Buddy kind of pissed his career away. He could have been 
uh, probably one of my favorite Ric Flair promos. He's just uh, arguing about Nature Boy Buddy Landell. He said, I've made more money. Or, uh, excuse me. He said, I've spent Buddy Landell. I spent more money on spilled liquor in bars all over this goddamn country <laughs> than you've made in your entire career. So don't tell me nothing about nothing. Just over the top theatrics. <clears throat> he said, you know, my shoes cost more than your house. He said, yeah, well, I, I'm wearing an $800 pair of alligator shoes, and I don't know what you're wearing. I would be embarrassed to put that shit on me. <laughs> like, just Ric Flair's a gift from the heavens. Uh promo wise he's yeah, been in some recent water the, the best he's been some hot water lately and just you know anyways he's the best as far as i'm concerned in the promo there seems to be a lot of uh <laughs> yes very much there seems to be a lot of talk of sexual assault going on lately because uh, i was just ending the segue where rick's been in trouble in about the last year due to sexual assault allegations coming out from the infamous plane ride from hell episode which i'll tell you that story off air sometime all right uh, so we're going to jump from sexual assault to sexual assault. Let's finally talk about Deshaun Watson. Yeah. Okay. Uh, for those of you that want to know complete breakdowns of what's going on with Deshaun Watson, uh, Google, YouTube, mainly Google, or ask any red-blooded, white, black, Hispanic, purple, Asian, whoever you want, a uh, female in this country, I'm sure they can give you some, some advice on it. Uh, Deshaun Watson, hell of an athlete. Most likely a piece of shit. Yeah. Most likely. Uh, so I'm not going into complete full details. Kurt and I talked about Deshaun in passing on one of our first or second Weeknight Chronicle episodes back in March or April. Uh, uh, so, Cleveland Browns. Yeah. Coach Kevin Stefanski said Friday, the team is waiting to see what happens with the NFL's appeal of Deshaun Watson's six-game suspension before altering its plans at quarterback in practice. The NFL's appeal. It's yeah. not Deshaun Watson's right. appeal. It's the, the NFL's, NFL's appeal. appeal. The NFL is appealing it. There's money. Yeah. Sports is a business. Yes. Deshaun Watson being on the sidelines is bad not making business. money. That's right. So far at this point in training camp, though, Watson has got has been there, and he's took the overwhelming majority of the snaps with the first team. You know who their backup is this season? Jacoby Brissett. Yeah. Again, I would have been happy with giving Brissett another run at the ship, uh, but they went out. Uh, the Colts uh, went out uh, and signed Philip Rivers. Rivers left, and we got Carson Wentz. Now Carson's gone. We got Matt Ryan, but that's something else for something else. We're not talking about that right now. Um, coach said we're kind of waiting for clarity on the situation. Until that time, we're going to continue to go ahead with doing what we're doing. Deshaun will get the majority of snaps with the first team. So, the NFL announced Wednesday that it was appealing the ruling of disciplinary officer Sue Robinson, a former federal judge, as it seeks a tougher penalty under the league's personal conduct policy. The NFL's appeal addresses whether, based on the findings made by Judge Robinson, the discipline should be modified to include a professional evaluation and treatment as determined by medical experts in an appropriate fine and a longer suspension. Agreed. Okay. Then Roger Goodell, that stupid son of a bitch, got his nose in this. On Thursday, the NFL announced Goodell had appointed a former New Jersey Attorney General, Peter Harvey, to hear the appeal. Harvey works now 
as a partner at the Patterson Belknap firm in New York. He also served as a federal prosecutor and is currently serving as a member of the National Football League's Diversity Advisory Committee. Okay, I know, I just seen you out of the corner of my eye. Okay, he's serving as the Diversity Advisory Committee. Diversity, ethnicities, uh, right. people of color, giving them opportunities, making things fair. Okay, fuck all that. We're right. not worried about that. Right. The guy that's going to hear the appeal is on an NFL committee and is friends with Goodell. Okay? Okay. Harvey served as Goodell's designee and other arbitrations in years past. Most recently, in 2017, Harvey was one of four members of an expert panel who reviewed the league's domestic violence investigation into Dallas Cowboys running back Asiko Elliott who was suspended six games and fucking cost me my championship that season, by the way, for violating conduct policy. Okay. So he's already on this committee. Okay, we're, well, let me, let me finish that. We'll, uh, let me finish that a little bit here. Uh, the NFL Players Association said Friday that it uh, filed its reply brief to the NFL's proposal. There is no timeline for when Harvey will hear the appeal According to the league's personal conduct policy, it must be done under an expedited basis. Under the new CBA agreement, Harvey's written decision will constitute full, final, and complete disposition of the dispute and a whole bunch of other legality shit that I'm not going to read. Friday, uh, some of the players from the Cleveland organization said they were ready for an answer. We kind of need... A lot of them basically like we need to know what the fuck's going on. We well, need yeah. to know how to prepare for the season. Right. It's right now, as of right now, as of me sitting at Kurt's table at nine twenty eight PM on a Sunday night, he's suspended for six games. Bullshit. As of right now. I have a feeling that's gonna change. Well and, and, and here's and here's why for those of you who needs a who need a brief recap. Watson has been accused of sexual assault and other inappropriate conduct with females during massage during massage session. God damn it, I can't talk. During massage sessions in civil lawsuits filed by 25 women. 25. These, these encounters allege the lawsuits took place from March of 2020 to March of 2021 while Deshaun Watson was the starting quarterback for the Houston Texans. Now, Watson set out last season with the Texans after requesting a trade from Houston earlier in the offseason. Right. In issuing the six-game suspension, Robinson wrote that the NFL carried its burden to prove by a preponderance of the evidence that Watson engaged in sexual assault as defined by NFL against the four therapists identified in the report. However, in imposing the suspension... Robinson pointed out flaws in the legal guidelines for a player misconduct, which basically loopholes. Right. She's not allowed to penalize him for. Um. Now Watson has settled out of court. Um. Uh, and I, did I put it in here? I did not put it in here. So far, he has settled out of court like um, twenty something cases of these twenty five cases. <laughs> Settlements. Right. Get them over and get them done. Okay. <coughs> so, which is a division to what? I guess. Guilt? I mean. Maybe. Well, I mean, um, if you're settling with somebody. Well, I mean, some people, you know, sell them just to get them to go away, but yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <coughs> while 
they had to look through precedent and cases in the NFL past about this. Robinson sought to differentiate between violent and nonviolent sexual conduct, which yep. it's sexual assault. I don't give a fuck if it was yeah. violent or nonviolent. Right. She says no. What? I don't care if you bent you over the table and raped you, or if he, or if he just you went down and gave him oral sex. It's that shouldn't matter. It's it's a violation of a woman's, right? You know, like yeah. violent or nonviolent does to me doesn't hold no fucking hey, hey, place here. No, it no, don't. So. uh what what is interesting about this, Kurt? Um, and I took a screenshot <clears throat> of this, and I wanted to show you this. And I keep saying the word "this" <laughs> to draw out emphasis while I search for this. I got a text that said "fuck you," and I don't know who it's from. <laughs> Wrong number, probably. Uh, it's about Deshaun Watson. If I can find it. Okay, here we go. Is that nope? That's not it. Son of a bitch. Where is it at? I know I took a picture of it. So Monday, Wednesday. Well, I can't find it now. Basically, it was about the Deshaun thing. Uh, okay, okay, here we go. So, so uh, to to give everybody an idea, my show, Kurt's show, we run long. It happens. We. St- Kurt's not tired yet. Uh, Chantrell Henderson. I don't have the years for all these. Chantrell Henderson suspended 14 games for marijuana. He had Crohn's disease. For any of you know, I personally know two people that have Crohn's disease. They shit soup. They shit soup multiple times a day. They started smoking marijuana. They don't have IBS. They poop solid turds now. All because they're smoking Uh marijuana. Okay? He was suspended 14 games for weed. Oh, boy. Okay. Josh Gordon has been suspended for the better half of six years. For smoking. For smoking weed. Calvin Ridley, 17-plus games for betting $1,500 on games he had no result in. Tom Brady, four games for being made aware that uh, the pressure in footballs. Yeah. I fucking hate you, Tom Brady. But he knew about, yeah. In a game that the Colts would never win. Ray Rice, two games for beating the shit out of his fiance, and it was caught on tape. In an elevator, In an elevator. Adrian Peterson, felony child abuse against his own kid, causing bruising on the child's testicles. Six games. Deshaun Watson, 24 allegations of sexual misconduct. Six games. Greg Hardy, a real piece of shit, beat the fuck out of his girlfriend, threatened her, had guns in her mouth. Guns in her mouth was the rumor. Ten games reduced to four. Ezekiel Ezekiel Elliott beating the shit out of women. Six games. Kareem Hunt. Two violent incidents. Eight games. Josh Brown, the kicker. Domestic violence. Six games. Leonard Little of the Rams, formerly of the Rams, and Dante Stallworth, one of my all-time favorite receivers. Vehicular homicide. Eight games. Henry Ruggs. You know, uh, the list goes no, on. Yeah, Henry Ruggs, the one who was just involved in the felony DUI homicide right. in Las Vegas last year. No penalty by the NFL as of yet, although he was released by the Raiders. So, so I see a pattern here. And what makes this all the more funny is that Cleveland traded for Watson in March. They sent three first-round draft picks to the Texans. 
Cleveland would then give Watson a new five-year contract that has made him the richest <laughs> player in NFL history. And there's no deal yet whether he's going to play or not. I don't. I, I'm against it myself. I'm playing, but so I want you to go back to. Um, I mean, I. I want to. I want to go back to our week nine episode, the first or second one we ever done. We talked about this deal going down, and I said, and I didn't want to focus on the allegations. I just wanted to focus on the athlete. Uh, and you asked me, do I do I make that trade? And I say, ten times out of ten, right, I make that right. trade because uh-huh. he's 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 a once in a generation talent, and he is. But this comes with a lot of baggage. Yeah. And now that he's only getting six games for this. I mean, I did. I, I don't. I don't do it ten times out of ten because I don't know if he's got what it takes to be a Super Bowl quarterback. Just from his actions. Yeah. I mean, I. I don't know. That's the Browns, though. I mean, this is the funniest thing in Cleveland Browns history because you have a capable quarterback who I still supported. And Baker Mayfield. And the the Browns aren't my team. You kind of give him the old push-off because you're trying to get Deshaun Watson. Then you find out Deshaun Watson and the Texans have no interest whatsoever in bringing you to Cleveland. Well, then you've done pissed off Baker. So then you try to get Baker to coddle back, and he doesn't want nothing to do with you. And then a week later, somehow you miraculously, three first-round picks and cash and other unmentionables, yeah, Deshaun comes to Cleveland. <laughs> yeah. And now Baker's, you know. Where did he go to? I thought the Panthers, but yeah, I'm not that's sure. Right, that's right. He went to Carolina. Yeah. That's right. Okay. Uh, we got so much shit. We're still, we're still, you good? Yeah, I'm good. Okay. So the trade deadline came and passed uh, last week. MLB. All right. Uh, first things first. The people that weren't traded, uh, the Angels held on to reigning AL MVP, who is a pitcher, Shohin Otani. There you go again, pitchers right. winning MVPs. All right. All right. But he's held, he's got a bat. I mean, it's yeah, worth he, it. So it's not like when Verlander got it. Right, right. Uh, let's see. Uh, J.D. Martinez, uh, Martin Perez, some of those guys kept. The Cubs held on to Wilson Contreras. Padres made some big moves. Okay, so yeah, that's Josh that's the Bell. big one. Okay, so the highlight of the deadline, or maybe the year or the last few years, has what is is the San the San Diego Padres are looking to be probably one of the most dangerous teams in baseball now. Yeah, but they can't win. It's the pot. Well, they're gonna they're gonna start. So they made some trades for Juan Soto, one of the premier stars in the league, who's only like 22, if, 23. If, if they're going to start winning, they need to sure up their bullpen. They brought in Josh Bell. They sent Mackenzie Gore, Robert Hassel III, C.J. Abrams, James Woods, and some other players to the Nationals. The Padres also pulled off another deal to require reliever Josh Hader from the Brewers. Okay. Hater uh, hit some bumps earlier in the season, but he's as dominant as any closer in the game when he's on point. San Diego sent its own struggling closer, Taylor Rogers, plus uh, some other prospects. Hater is under the Padres' control for a couple seasons. So now with Soto, Bell, Hater, 
and Fernando Tatis Jr., who is uh, getting ready to um, start practicing again soon. Well, I thought he played. Or maybe he, maybe he he's played, already playing. He him. played yesterday, I think. Okay. So, every team, every team in Major League Baseball made a trade except for one. The Colorado Rockies didn't make a single trade. I'm trying to look at some other big news here. Um, Trade-wise, the Yankees made some moves. Uh, They didn't get Castillo, uh, but they were able to make a deal for Frankie Montes. Uh, They sent Oakland a bunch of prospects and some pitchers. They moved Luis Severino to the 60-day IL, so Montes is set to be a huge member of the rotation. They also sent uh, Jordan Montgomery to the Cardinals, not Colson Montgomery. That was the Honeybird kid. This is a different Montgomery. Uh, and he started for the Cardinals against the Yankees this weekend. Basically, uh, Brian Cashman, the GM for the Yankees, has been on the move. So if they don't make the postseason, well, or win a championship, they're gonna make they're gonna make the postseason. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's really about it uh, as far as big news goes. Uh, oh well, the Padres also got Brandon Drury from. Uh, yeah. They got Brandon Drury. So I got some hit. Jacob Degrom returned to the Mets lineup. Uh, Quiet deadline for the Dodgers, who um, they required reliever Chris Martin and uh, picked up a few. Uh, Joey Gallo, who is yeah. a failed Yankees player for all intents and purposes. And uh, that's about it. The Phillies came away with everything we hoped to get, I guess, uh, according to Phillies' website. We got a starter, an outfielder, and a reliever. Uh, two of them came from the Angels, who sent Brandon Marsh to Philadelphia for uh, our catcher prospect. And then we later traded Noah Syndergaard for uh, Mike Mon- uh, Mickey Moniak. Montac? Plus a prospect. I can't pronounce that name. Anyways, fuck it. Uh, but anyways, uh, and then we got a reliever, a veteran reliever from the Cubs. So... But, yeah, the only team that did not make a trade was the Colorado Rockies. Okay. Uh, Mike Tyson. Okay. Mike Tyson's in the news. He spoke out against Hulu, the streaming service. I have Hulu. I love Hulu. I like Hulu. I like Netflix. Uh, I guess... From what I've read about this, is there's a documentary series with Hulu's going to be releasing. Re, fuck, I cannot talk. <laughs> releasing about Tyson, and um, boxing legend Mike Tyson did speak out against Hulu's decision to move forward with a documentary series about his life. Tyson released a statement to Entertainment Tonight. Uh, after the series executive producer said the boxer couldn't be involved in the project because of rights issues. That's what it was. Tyson said, quote, that's a flat out lie. My life rights options expired years ago. Hulu nor any of their 
um, team ever tried to engage in negotiations with this black man. In their eyes, I am still just a blank on the auction block ready to be sold for their profit without any regard for my worth or my family. They say this story is about an exploration of a black man's life. It's more like a fucking exploitation of a black man's life. Hulu thinks they're covering their tracks by hiring black sacrificial lambs to play the part as frontmen for their backdoor robbery, and it's appalling. I will always remember this blatant disregard of my dignity. Wow. Tyson with a fucking savage call. Yeah. So, in June, Hulu announced that the series, it would release a series titled Mike, starring a guy named Trevante Rhodes as Mike Tyson on August 25th. It's an eight-episode show exploring the tumultuous ups and downs of Tyson's boxing career and his personal life from beloved global athlete to the depths of hell and back. Um, Now, in March of 2021, a separate biopic titled Tyson with Jamie Foxx in the lead role was pitched to networks as a limited TV series. Tyson was to serve as executive producer for that project. Um... Meanwhile, Rhodes, uh, the guy that was talking about the uh, thing with Entertainment Tonight, said uh, Tyson, I guess anyway, they're, they're, just, they're not looking at Tyson in the right light. He's pissed. Uh, you know, Tyson's yeah. pissed. Yeah, basically, I don't want to keep going on about it. But, uh, Damn it. I mean... Tyson's pissed. They're they're doing a biopic about him, and nobody's asked him about it. But, and uh, if you're doing something about that with somebody that's a well-known celebrity like that, they should be an executive producer or oh, something in some form. Tyson thinks they're just out to exploit him for money. They said they look at me like a black man on the auction block. I mean, yeah, I mean it kind of it kind of appears that way if they don't go to him for any information. And he didn't say blank word. He said right. the N word, right. which I I don't know if I could say that in quotes or not. It's you know it's probably not shouldn't say it, but. So, yeah, I'm not going there. Yeah, it's like I'm not going there. Um, I'll save it for TK. We have one, two, three, four things left. It's okay. covered. You're, you're, you're yeah, straight. I'm, I'm good. <laughs> okay. So I know you love stories about young kids and got the world by the balls and just signed major league contracts or uh, or on the verge of being drafted and have the whole world by the balls yeah. and fuck up, right? Auburn quarterback T.J. Finley was arrested and charged with attempting to evade police a misdemeanor charge on Thursday, the same day Auburn players were supposed to report to campus for preseason camp. According to police, he was released Thursday from the Lee County, Alabama Detention Center and Auburn coach Brian Harson said the university is completely aware of Finley's situation and confirmed to them that the quarterback was back at the football complex. He's here. He'll be here tonight. He'll practice tomorrow. We're aware of what's going on. Right now, he's still the starter. Da, 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 da. But anyways, I guess the, the, the arrest stemmed from several traffic violations Finley made on July 26. Police say he was not wearing a helmet while on the back of a motorcycle and fled from officers attempting to make a traffic stop on two separate occasions. 
officers would have to terminate the pursuit as a matter of safety because of high rates of speed. Damn it. Uh, Finley's attorney called it uh, the arrest a simple misunderstanding. Uh, I don't. Wonders me is why? Why was he running? <coughs> what was he holding something or what? I don't know. These yeah. young kids. Yeah. Huh. But uh, Finley was the competing for the starting quarterback job this preseason. He started three games a year ago after Bo Nix was injured. Why this makes even more is because he just became the first college player to ink a uh, NIL deal, name, image, likeness with Amazon. So, huh. uh, got some more baseball. All right. Miguel Cabrera. Yeah, okay. Okay. Uh, he talked Friday about his future in baseball. He told the Detroit News that he will return for a 21st Major League season in 2023. <coughs> I guess a few days prior to that, he told reporters that this season could be his last as he continues to deal with knee issues. It's marked the first time that Cabrera has opened the door to the possibility that he may not be retiring. Uh, but now he's, I guess, looking to uh, fulfill his contract, which is fully guaranteed through next season. Uh, but he said on Friday that he is uh, he doesn't plan on retiring just yet. He's not going anywhere else. Contract is up. Hell of a hitter, man. He's part of the 3,000 hit, 500 homer club earlier this season, and he was hitting 308 as recently as July 8th. Damn it. But he's struggling since, only hitting 131 in his last 21 games. He turns 40 in April. So. Yeah, well, it's probably winding down for sure. I got two things note wise, and then we're going to wind down after we got, we got a little spitballing to do. All right. So, when we go do this collaboration with After Two Beers, the episode that we record with them, we're going to talk about what? Sports cards, right? Yeah. So, Honus Wagner. Yeah. The T206. The Holy Grail of sports cards. Right. We've been talking about this. And it's, it's rare and it's authenticated. It just sold at auction... With uh, New Jersey-based Golden Auctions, who we were talking about, about right. the Bobby Bonilla right. Day contract. It just sold at auction for $7.25 million, the most expensive sports trading card of all time. Wow. Damn. Yeah. That's a lot of scratch. Now, among the other pricey trading cards sold within the last couple of years, a 52 Mickey Mantle rookie card, or no, a 52 Mickey Mantle uh, sold for $5.2 million in January last year. A LeBron James Upper Deck rookie jersey card sold for $5.2 million in last year. And a 1933 Babe Ruth... Babe, fuck. A 1933 Babe Ruth card sold for $4.2 million on an online auction uh, this past summer. Whew. So now another card up for auction, possibly... Uh, a 1952 Topps Mickey Mantle card online right now. 6.1 million currently is the bid. So wow. And they have till the end of the month to, to bid these. But these Honus Wagner's cards are extremely rare. There's uh, fewer than 50 copies that have been certified by card grading services. 
a total of 200 of them were issued between 1909 and wow. 1911. This was by the American Tobacco Company, the ATC, which would feature a portrait of Wagner on the front and an advertisement for tobacco on the back. <laughs> it's like the holy grail of sports cards. Wow. So Only 200 printed. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder how many. Yeah, 50? That's known. I wonder how many out there, uh, someone's got that one, another one. That we don't know yeah. about. Yeah. Um, the NFL Hall of Fame thing went down this past weekend, and I didn't even think to put that in the fucking notes. I was working on the notes at like 2 o'clock this morning. I've seen you text me like 4.30 in the morning. You were already sleeping. I was sleeping, yeah. Yeah. So, I guess... As we start to wind down, the last topic I have note-wise on the computer, and unfortunately, I didn't want to talk about this, but we're going to have to talk about okay. this. You know where this is going. Uh, you can see the computer screen. I can't see. Brittany Griner. Okay. We're going to have to talk about it. All right. I didn't want to. Okay. But we're responsible to our listeners. Right. However few they are. Right, right. Do you want to talk about it? Yeah, I mean, we got, to. we got to. So, a Russian court sentenced Griner to nine years in prison on Thursday. Uh, and that was no surprise. It, uh, pretty sure she knew she was going to be jailed. She was arrested February 17th for bringing cannabis into the country. Uh, she's been prepared for a harsh sentence. Uh, sources closer to her say. They're, uh, I don't know. She pled guilty on July 7th. Uh, you know, the case continued under Russian law. During the sentencing, the judge said she had found that Griner intentionally broke law and fined her 1 million rubles, which is about $17,000 in American money. Okay. Uh, sh- the judge said the time Griner has served in custody since her arrest in February account towards her sentence. Uh, Griner acted to the sentence with little emotion. She just sat there with a blank stare on her face and didn't say nothing. As she was let out of court, she says, I love my family. The nine-year sentence was close to a maximum of ten years that she had faced under the charges. Prosecutors asked for a a nine-and-a-half-year sentence. Griner's defense lawyers said they would appeal it. The defense team said that sentencing in the court ignored all evidence it had presented in Griner's guilty plea. Come on, Russia. What the hell? Uh, Griner's been up very upset. Um, her lawyer said they expect a hearing in Moscow Regional Court next week. Asked if Griden, if Griner could get a pardon from Russia, Russian President Vladimir Putin. The um, Her attorney said they would consider every possibility, but the lawyer said they were not part of any discussions between the countries about a prisoner swap. Now, uh, your boy, LJB, let's go Brandon, <laughs> he's been getting involved in this or attempting to. He's made some comments about it. Uh, people are on his ass about him uh, organizing a prison, a prisoner swap to bring her home. Uh, he said uh, a wrongful sentence that is one more reminder of what the world already knew. Russia is wrongfully detaining Brittany uh, and, uh, you know, Biden hasn't come out and said it, but him as well as a lot of people believe that it's it's all a slight at the American people. Grinder was just wrong place, wrong time. 
Uh, the WNBA commissioners and NBA commissioner Adam Silver in a joint statement said that the, the verdict was terrible, it was bad, da-da-da-da-da, everything you'd expect them to say about it. Right. Uh, so now there's talks about, uh, you know, it, it, are they going to bring it home? And I guess last week uh, officials with the United States government said that they have offered a deal for Griner's return and sources said the deal would trade convicted Russian arms dealer Victor Bout for Griner and fellow American Paul Whelan, who has been in Russian custody since being arrested on espionage charges uh, almost four years ago. Griner's strategy throughout the trial was to treat it as a legitimate proceeding, knowing that a guilty verdict was pretty much a foregone conclusion, and that any deal to send her home would require an admission of guilt. So... Reiners told the court she made an honest mistake growing up, and she talked about the sense of responsibility she had from growing up to with the parents and the way she was raised. So there's no nothing been been said yet that the United States country or government has put the offer out there about bringing uh, old girl I home. I don't see him taking it. Uh, here, here's 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 my thought. Uh, Griner's coming home, but she's gonna sit for a while. I mean, Putin, yeah. Putin's, Putin's, you know. I mean, it, that was the law there, I guess. I mean, you would not believe the people bashing this young lady all over social media, like, well, you know, bitch, you wanted social, you know, you know, just they're just trolling her. Yeah. Because, you know, she took one of the knees and the anthem and everything, and now she wants America to save her, and she's just getting ridiculed by the internet. But that's because there's a bunch of assholes. Yeah, I mean, she's a hell of an athlete. I don't really care about what she believes and stands up in. She wants to believe what she believes. That's fine for her. I don't have to believe just in it. Just a little weed. Uh, it's just a little. Yeah, so that's what. It's marijuana and it's a political game. We want to. Uh, no. 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 I ain't jumping on that train. You ain't jumping on that train? No, well, I mean, it's. How is it legal? Local, she, I don't remember how many grams she had. State, and how is it federally, federally illegal? Legalized marijuana. Hey, get over it. Yes, yeah. It's, legal. it's about control. It is. It always Tell has been. Tell me I'm wrong. It's about control. It always control. has been, yeah. Yes. It's government. another form of government. Government overreach. overreach. Yes. I, I remember all the promos for the, the you know, the commercials and shit. This is your brain, the brain on drugs. Oh, boy. Some people focus better, control better with marijuana. <laughs> I can't I can't answer that. Um, I often wonder what it, I often wonder if I would take edibles or if I would smoke, what that would do for me. What would that do for your mental health? Well, there has to be <clears throat> studies proving that marijuana leads you out of depression and out of... Well, yeah. Show me one person that's angry on pot. I've never... Yeah, fucking come at me and Kurt right now. Show me one person you've ever seen pissed off and violent on pot. Because I can show you a thousand of them motherfuckers on crank or alcohol or whatever. But show me one pissed off, violent person beating the shit out of somebody high off marijuana. Yeah, that's a fact. There's a lot of smart people that smoke marijuana. So, there's 
every famous person does it. Yeah. I like pretty much every like all these celebrities like a lot of athletes. You know who I'm followed by on uh, Twitter? I can't think of his name right now. He played on he was he 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 had some supporting roles on Big Bang Theory. He wasn't like a he wasn't like a uh, you know full time cast I, member. I, I never watched the show, but he he created a Poke Bowl. Oh yeah. What that does is uh you know you set your bowl down on there and you poke it and it cleans uh, all your shit uh, out uh, right. Yeah. Okay. He has become a huge marijuana activist. He never he he never smoked before until a few years ago, I guess, and like uh, it totally changed his life. So now, in addition to being a, a Hollywood actor with some B roles and stuff, right. and but but he's been on popular television shows like Hot in Cleveland and uh, Big Bang Theory. He created Poke Bowl, and I seen it too, and I was like, "What the fuck is a Poke Bowl?" Huh. He literally, you know, the bowl pipes, whatever. He they it's got this long stick, it looks like a toothpick, yeah. but it's huge. You set your bowl on there, ram it up down three or four, and all that shit that's caked on the inside. Yeah, yeah. What do you call that? Residue, Red, resin. resin. That shit just all glumps into this ashtray-looking thing, and then you open it, dump it all out, wipe it out, it's done. You smoke it. <laughs> oh god. Well, maybe whatever. Yeah, I mean, whatever you, you do. Yeah, I mean. But like, it's just weed. Come on. People. I mean, I don't. There's a lot of leagues that aren't even drug testing yeah, for marijuana anymore. A lot of places. Not even, uh, a, lot of, a lot of employers aren't even drug, drug testing for marijuana yeah. anymore. Now, would I smoke it every day? Probably not. If I was going, if I, if you come to me and like, man, I want to get high, I would probably try. I'd probably say try the edibles first, since you quit smoking anyway. You know what I mean? How's anybody gonna get fucked up eating a gummy bear? I mean, that's Personally, what, when they tell me marijuana is edible form, I think of gummy bears. Well, yeah, it could be in a gummy bear form. <laughs> it might fuck your world up too. I mean, <laughs> you want to? You want, probably want to try? Probably not an indica. Probably more like a sativa strain. Not, I, and I know this by I don't know how I know this, but yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's it, folks. We're just going to let this play the rest of the night. Kurt goes, I don't know how I know, but I know. But I know. Yes. You're so full of shit, your eyes are brown. Oh, no, wait. They're red. Never mind. Yeah. Actually, hazel. Hazel. Okay, so uh, so let's start to tie a bow. That that wraps up that. Um, what's next for Steel Toes and Scoreboards? Well, uh, a lot. Yeah. A lot coming up. Busy. So, um, I guess, and I've talked about this in my many episodes without Kurt. Uh, when I get the anchor, just to get on and record, uh, there will as we we cruise towards the, you know, another one of the the top five biggest fights in boxing this year. I've been talking about Alexander Usyk versus Anthony Joshua. We're cruising towards that. We're two three weeks out from that. Uh, I'll do an episode without Kurt. Unless maybe Kurt wants to sit in on it. I'll do an episode about that, getting us prepped. That'll either be a pre-fight episode or a post-fight episode about that. Uh, talking about that, breaking it down either before the fight happens or after, just depending on the schedule. Uh, I am working hard on launching these other podcasts this year. I've, I've been in talk with three different people about the wrestling podcasts. So that that's coming. Um, 
the outdoors podcast with the guys, my homies, two of my best friends. That's coming for sure in the works. They're actually going to order us all boom mics. I got to sit in on them. That, that they're going to order uh, they're going to take care of boom mics I told them I'd do it and they said no let us get them they're actually going to order the boom mics and the, the scissor table nice. stands and keep them in the studio we're putting in uh, Dalton's basement so all my equipment that I use for me and you will always come with me the only thing I'll take is just my recorder and the headphones that's going on uh, after two beers cannot say enough about after yeah, two beers I'm podcast um, we are scheduled to record September 10th I believe it's a Saturday uh, Kimmy uh, Kim she she Dutch calls her Gibbler her name's Kim but he calls her Kim, Kimmy Gibbler yeah, remember okay. Full House yeah, yeah, Full yeah, House yeah. so Gibbler's got plans earlier in the day so they'll be ready for me and Kurt about 5 o'clock Saturday night so uh, me and Kurt's gonna head up probably about 1 or 2 o'clock that afternoon because I'm gonna stop and feed Kurt because oh, yeah. I like to eat Kurt likes to uh, eat yeah and uh, I'm going to drive because I have AC and Kurt don't have AC. Uh, so I'm going to drive. We're going to record with them. Uh, and uh, then they're going to record with us on my equipment. I don't know what we're going to talk about. Uh, it maybe, could ju- maybe we could have some feedback. Of what- well, maybe. The episode with them, though, unless plans have changed, Dutch wants to talk about sports cards, baseball cards, basketball, football cards. So, um, I've had some interesting shit falling in my lap with um, baseball cards lately. And Kurt doesn't know this. He's about to. So, I went hunting for my cards. And I couldn't find them. And I know they weren't sitting in my dad's storage building. I know I had to move them with me every time I moved houses. Because it was important to me as a kid. Right. There's some money in some of these right. cards. Right. I stopped collecting cards when I was 13 years old. That was in the year 2000. I turned 35 two days ago. Happy birthday. birthday, Hey, thanks, bro. Thanks, bro. Uh, I finally found my cards, and then I found some more. And then I decided, you know what? What the hell? There was nothing better as a boy than opening a a bag or a boxing card. So I I found a deal for like 600 baseball cards for like 20 bucks. And I got some good deals on them. I bought them off of uh, Amazon. And then um, a good friend of mine, a really good friend of mine who right now is is nameless, he posted something on one of the pages on Facebook like, hey, come to my yard sale this week. I've got like 40,000 cards of across everything. And I was like, we need to talk. Yeah. So him and I started talking and I bought a few cards from him and, and I guess now we have a business. Now we are in the business of... Uh, selling sports cards and and memorabilia so how that has happened is uh we've created a facebook page and a facebook group where we can sell things and we're also going to list on ebay uh we went through the rigmarole of trying to predict a name uh pick a name uh he's the majority partner right now because he has the most of the capital i'm just starting so uh anything of my own that i sell is my profit anything we sell together as uh partners it's a 90 10 split in his favor which i told him he didn't even have to give me that 10 percent. i mean if he sells if we move a thousand dollars on a weekend i'm gonna get a hundred dollars out of it and you know what that's more than fair to me you don't have to give me shit right i just wanted to learn help him out but we're, we're we, we've started a group uh on facebook where you can check out the listings that we have i am going to list on ebay i'm in the process right now of going through sorting and listing probably close to ten thousand cards 
and memorabilia. I found some stuff I pulled out to save for you. I'm going to bring for you that I'm just going to give you. Yeah. Uh, but but check it out on Facebook. It's called Potoka Playmaker Cards and Memorabilia. PPC or PPC and M. Uh, we wanted something that's kind of local to the area and something that stood out. You know, there's a hundred different probably Playmaker card stores everywhere. This is just uh, Potoka Playmaker cards. Right now, we're only selling online. We are looking or could be potentially looking down the road, depending on how well business goes. Business has been going pretty good for him by himself. Uh, for me, um, you know, I'll just get into it, but I did move a couple Larry Birds this weekend and a couple Shack cards. I made about 40 bucks this weekend. Yeah. So, I mean, it's 40 bucks I didn't yeah. have. These weren't really more of the shacker bird cards that held that held a lot of worth uh three of these cards were not in the best of shape and the other card was one of the lesser known shack cards so all together i mean four cards 40 bucks you know about ten dollars a piece so you know whatever not a, lot not, not a bad day there's a lot of factors going to pricing cards, well huh? and this is a business that has exploded like it and, and it's not just about making the money what, what 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 also brought it out was when i busted out this binder my son was with me that weekend, and he got excited. Now, to understand my son, who just turned 11 on Wednesday, so we both had birthdays within two days of each other, to see him get excited about these sports cars... Got you excited. ...was getting me excited. Because I remember what it was like, man. There was nothing better than going to Walmart when they had cards every yeah. fucking where. Yeah. A, a whole aisle just for that shit. And... Just deciding which one you were going to pick that week, and you'd open it up, and you'd be like, oh, man, I got a new Mark McGuire. Yeah. Oh, my God, look at this Deion Sanders yeah. Cowboys card. You yeah. know, look, here's a Sean Kemp rookie card. Sean Kemp. I dig me some Sean Kemp. I love Sean Kemp. And so he, to understand, to understand Bentley, he is, he is, he's into sports a little bit, but not a lot. He's into a lot of gaming and shit right now, but he, he's like, he knows these cards get money. So I've connected with another guy that is a friend of my business partner who, who does this full-time for a living, just cards. That's all he does. He, 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 he makes a pretty good nut all year on right, this stuff. Right. So um, he's like, I'm going to send your kid a, a box of starter kit cards to get going for his birthday. I said, you ain't got to do that. Uh, he sent this to my son, and when he unwrapped it today at the birthday party, I'm like, he, he's like, what are all these? I'm like, these are cards. He goes, are these new players, current players? I'm like, some of them are. Some of them are old guys that he didn't know who they were, older players. I'm like, look, we'll sit down and go through these. I was like, some of these cards are worth some money. Right. I said, we can, I can sell these for you or you can hold on to it. But he got excited. The sports card industry is booming. Uh, e eBay estimates like their usage of selling of cards has went up you know, hundreds and hundreds of percent in wow. the last couple of years. <clears throat> they contribute a lot of this to the COVID nineteen pandemic. Say, what, what's going on here? So, but but it's exciting. So I guess I guess I am now I am now uh, in the market of buying and selling sports cards cool. and memorabilia. And again, we have just started listing on uh, our private. Our it's a public Facebook group you can join. And I also post updates to our Facebook page. There's two different things. There's a page and a group. They're both titled basically the same, but it's Potoka Playmaker Cards and Memorabilia, PPC, so check that out. And then, of course, for those of you that uh, follow me on my own personal Facebook, uh, you know, you can find me there. 
and I share some stuff. And then I'm on Twitter at the Atkins Asylum. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at STSB Podcast. Um, and n- nobody can follow me. Nobody hurts an analog man. Uh, but I, seriously, uh, and guys, like I said, we have a couple of uh, we have a couple of uh, Patreon set up. Uh, Patreon.com or Patreon.podbean.com backslash STSB or forward slash however the fuck you say it. And and again, we have two goals right now. Oh, and I was telling you, I was trying to understand how. We could do all this shit because I didn't understand how we could record a bonus content for people. So basically now, uh, what this means is when I go to release every episode, I can choose if it is regular content or a bonus episode. If it's a bonus episode, that's only available to people who pay for that episode. So maybe once we'll try that. Uh, I don't. I haven't checked on the Patreon thing to see if anybody's looked, but we do. We, I will be reworking some tier rewards, but some of the rewards involved will be, uh, you know, free publicity for your small business. We'll talk right. about it on every episode. The only reason we didn't talk tonight is I cannot seem to open my file with uh, all the uh, sponsorships on there. So sorry about that. But uh, we'll we'll promote your your business. We will. Um, you could sit in with us. You know, we'll come to you and record with you. You can call in and do a guest spot on an episode. I have. Uh, I hit the toll table. I have had some people reaching out with interest in being on the podcast. Uh, check out uh, again. Uh, Not your basic dad on Twitter. That was the guy yeah, that does yeah. the bullshit with Padre right, right. with his son. He said he liked talk sports or anything with us, and actually. Um, before I circle back to the Patreon, so this guy was already giving us some some ideas for uh, an episode. He he's really liked the three Steel Toe episodes, the one we did about a year ago in September when my grandpa died, Ruby Ridge, uh, Waco. He cannot wait for OKC. Right. Uh, but he he gave me a couple of ideas, and one of them was Killdozer. And I was like, oh god, Killdozer is one of my favorite stories. Killdozer is one where I'm actually. Where I needed a few notes on Waco, I hardly needed any notes on Ruby right. Ridge. Killdozer will be one that I probably don't need a lot of notes really? on. Have you heard the story of Killdozer? No, no okay. I haven't. So, 2004, Granby, Colorado. Guy named Marvin Hemeyer. Real, you know, down-to-earth guy, kind of backwoods. I believe you can have rednecks in Colorado. Yeah. He's getting into a dispute over land and everything with the city of Granby, Colorado, and... Uh, struggling with the powers that can be there's a family there that's running kind of like a hierarchy over city council and he's trying to deal with this this zoning issues and wanting to purchase extra lots or lands or something uh, he he's getting he's getting just bottle fucked at every turn and butt fucked with no lube <laughs> by the city and, and all these people so he finally says fuck this and he becomes a recluse for like a year or two, maybe three years. The whole time he's becoming a recluse, he's using his experience as a welder and a fabricator. Oh, he's no. taking solid metal and hundreds of pounds of concrete. He takes a bulldozer and welds it up like a fucking tank. Hell yeah. I mean like a fuck it is a fucking tank. It becomes killdozer. Alright. Okay, there's modified cameras protected through bulletproof glass on this thing. Okay, once the it was so heavy that he had to use a crane 
to put the lid on the top and seal it. Once this man gets inside, once this man gets inside there's of this no, tank, there's no blowing. He's he's not getting out. Right. So he packed a gun with him because he knew what was going to happen. There's no escaping this thing. When he went, when he's done with his joyride through town, it's over. It's Katie bar the fucking door, you know, just lock it and go because you know I'm going home to Jesus. You right. Know? Right. And he goes on a path of destruction through the city, knocking down buildings and, <laughs> and town hall. Nobody dies other than him. But this destruction goes on for an hour or two, maybe a little more, and it's just like one of the biggest like fuck yous to the government and government over. It's Killdozer. Yeah, that sounds pretty interesting there, dude. So, Killdozer might be an episode we do down the road. Yeah, I'll be down. But, uh... I like it already. Okay, so, and, and here's what's going on with us. Uh, we recorded tonight on a Sunday night, which we never do. We recorded on a kid weekend, which we never right. do, unless it's a Friday. So we just felt there was a lot of news. Well, right, and in keeping with that theory, technically this coming weekend, like five days from now, is a Saturday night. That would be when we would normally record. Right. I have prior commitments that night, so I won't be here. The following weekend will be a kid weekend again, so I won't be here. Um. So we'll try to make our schedules match and get together when we can't. We still try to release a a weeknight yeah, mini. Yeah. Right. Right. You know, but which uh, has been hard here recently. Well, yeah, just the summer months, and I've been super busy. And actually, uh, a week from tomorrow, I'm going out of town for work again. I'll be going to uh, Davenport, Iowa, for a few days, so I'll be out of town. It's hot at work. I'm, <laughs> I'm shot after work, man. Yeah. I, I've been coming home take naps and shit. But we're, I'm going to try to at least, if I can't get on the phone with Kurt or I can't get in person with Kurt, I'm going to do my best to try to put some shit out myself just because we've, uh, we're have we coming off 207 downloads. We beat our previous record of 107. And that's, uh, I mean, we, we, we added 100 extra downloads. So it's going to be a bit of a letdown and disappointing if we only end up with like 30 or 40 downloads right. this year this month. But if we can get like, you know, if we can hit at least 50 downloads a month, I'll be happy. But man... If it would start trending back upwards right. more and more, that would be awesome. We'll just we'll have to see. We'll have to, we'll see. Have to see. But circling back to this Patreon thing real quick because I totally got off topic with the killdozer. Killdozer. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so we we do have Patreon set up for um, uh, two things. One of us is just uh, and and I might redo these, but but again, it's Patreon.podbean.com/stsb. Uh, it's it's three hundred dollar Patreon. It's it's for uh, new mics and headphones. I'm gonna get two more mics and two more headphones. That way Dole can set in with us and and whoever. And then the other Patreon is to just get us up to Richmond because we're gonna have about a three three and a half hour drive up there. Uh, gas prices right. whatnot. If we don't hit that one, no big deal. You don't have to contribute a damn thing if you don't want to. Right. But we are at the point now where because of your guys' support, you know. Bob Dean was like, hey, you guys should have a Patreon. And we're getting to the point now where a thousand downloads, they're probably going to start soon, like I told Kurt, uh, putting ads into our podcast, which would get me and Kurt a little bit of money. So I don't know how that's going to go over. Uh, so there's a potential for upcoming episodes where you could hear ads roll uh, before show, right, after right. show, uh-huh. or in the middle of show. So, Which nobody'd miss our content. Not like they miss anything with us anyways. But maybe it's starting to take off. Maybe. Yeah. So that brings us to the final question of 
whenever we record a full-length episode again, what the hell are we going to talk about? And the list is back there, so. Or we just pick it, just pick it, and we'll just text each other about it. Yeah, let's just do that, because. It's hard to it's hard to come up with one just on a spot. I know yeah. you're not, you're not thinking. You know. <clears throat> uh, as far as the 1990 World Series episode goes, um, I feel happy about that. Now we're gonna that's gonna cycle back in, but that is gonna become just like the 2006 Colts, right. where we now have two options in the can, note wise for uh, any time we want to do something and we don't know. Like I could come over here to Kurt's house for he's like we'll just record whatever. And then we set the table that night when we start the episode. And he's like, let's just do the 90 World. Right. Well, okay, then I'll right. just pull the note. So we now have two episode, two backup, you know, plan C emergencies right. in the can. Uh, but as I said, we'll continue just trying to put out uh, weeknight episodes. Right. There's always news. Yeah, there's always news. And, and this is similar to that. It's just it's uh, when we do, when I actually title them current events, it's because it's a lot longer and we we go more in depth and there was a lot of shit this week in the last week and a half two weeks you know rick flair's retiring bill russell passing away vince scully griner yeah. being sentenced to prison yes. the whole deshaun watson debacle <laughs> debacle uh, yes dick kane dick kane and swimming <laughs> and swimming dick kane and swimming <laughs> all right so um you got anything uh i no. got i got three things for okay. you okay Three word association. Okay. Deshaun Watson. Uh, debacle. Debacle. Yeah. Brittany Griner, nine years in Russian prison. Come on, Russia. Okay. It's a little weed. That's a little weed. Well, actually, I got four. Vin Russell. Or Vin Russell. <laughs> <laughs> Bill- and Bill Scully. <laughs> and Bill Scully. Bill, Bill Russell. Uh, Mount Rushmore. There you go. Vin Scully. Oh. Uh, we lost a great ambassador baseball we sure did bill russell and uh vin scully both yeah bill scully and vin russell Russell. that's me and kurt's new nicknames i'm vin russell and he's bill scully Scully. oh all right guys so this was a fun episode it was yeah yeah uh okay well uh it's always good to see my brother in person i know i know man i've been here in a couple weeks and uh I just was like I said. I was laying there and I was laying. I was laying in bed thinking about you, and I texted you Thursday. Time out, bro. My uh, my four year old was asleep beside me Thursday night. I was laying in bed. I was like, and remember I texted like, hey, I got an idea. What yeah. if since you never go to bed late, I just come over Sunday after I take the kids back? All right. We'd have been done two three hours ago, but we had to stop and play baseball. Yeah, we gotta have fun too. I mean, we, we played a little wiffle ball. Wiffle Kurt ball. hit me with a pitch. I got a free walk. <laughs> I actually got to walk home. I I tagged all four bases. That's right. But all right, guys. So for Kirk Kelly, I'm Jared Atkins. Uh, keep putting out word about the podcast. Make sure to check out the card group. Make sure to check us out on Twitter at the, uh, and our Facebook page for the podcast. Share the word. Obviously, somebody's been sharing something because right. we, we uh-huh. increased our all-time download record by 100 last month. I hope that's not an outlier. I hope... I. I mean, obviously, I don't think we're going to grow it that much more this quick. But if we can at least start matching it like 100 a month, 50 right, a month. Right. But uh, anyways, we thank you guys for your support. And uh, we had to scream this episode because it's hot as fuck outside. Yeah. And I told Kurt not to turn the window <laughs> unit AC off. So That's right. All right, guys. So for Kurt, uh, I'm Jared. And we will see you guys next week.